Oi, you lot, you're listening to Garage Hammer, episode 57. And, and what, Manling? You've got a problem? I'm sick of doing intros that make me look like an itch. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what's wrong with the intro? You've never had an issue before. What's wrong with it? I'll tell you what's wrong with it, you bulbous git. Hey! You got me giving up bad information, you ignorant squig herder. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What bad information? I didn't what give you What bad any... information? What bad yeah. information? You smelly pile of rhinox dropping. You had me tell everyone you were discussing that filth from the warp. Warp filth? Master Engineer, I don't even know what Boy, you're... if the next words out of your mouth are, I don't know what you're talking about, I'm going to punch you right in the gob. Okay. Um, you, you were talking about... Um, I'm talking about the demon Japrat. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, dude, we ran out of time. Ooh, you ran out of time. Let me tell you something, Manling. The next time you run out of time, you better ask me to come back and redo the introduction. Because I'll not be made a fool of again. Now, are you covering that tournament? Yeah. And are you covering the demons this time? Yes. You're sure? Yes, I am. You better be. Because this show's already got one idiot on it, possibly two. Hey. Ah, shut it. And get on with your show. I'm Chris Yu, and welcome to the show, you tools. And I'm Abraham Lincoln. Hey, Gettysburg. Welcome to the garage. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, David Whitech. And I'm joined by the one, the only, the U-Tang, Chris Yu. What's up? What up? Oh, I'm not going to eat that. That's licorice yucky. All right. <laughs> As always, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Chris. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Game Preserve Stores in West Lafayette, Indiana. Urs has done custom painting and sculpting. And Battle Foam, protecting your... Army. All right. Hey, so welcome back to the show, folks. Uh, we're here this week. We're going to have some fun. Um, we're going to make sure to cover exactly what we said we were going to cover in the <laughs> Just intro. Just like the tin says, right? Yeah, exactly. No kidding. But... Uh, all right, we got. I don't think we don't have a shout out this week, but we have about a thousand voicemails to play in along with the commercials. Voicemail, David, tell me about voicemail. Oh, that's right. Uh, I'm sorry. Our voicemail. We have a voicemail line, folks, and we love getting voicemails. We love getting them from people who want to talk about their tournament. We love getting them from people who want to come into the show. We especially love getting them from Johnny Hastings when he's at tournaments that I'm not at, and he wants to tell me how much fun he's having. Nice. Uh, if you would like to call our voicemail, it's one seven five seven G H show six. That's one seven five seven G H show six. Call now one seven five seven G H show six. Don't delay. Call now one seven five seven G H show six. For those of you who can't spell, it's one seven five seven G H S H O W six. Ah, so let's play some of those voicemails. Well, we got one now from Dave from the Dwellers Below the Dwellers podcast, Below. which excellent. You recommended it last episode. You, you listened to it. I listened to both of them. Um, I had a little trouble hearing it. I got they still got that sure. Got to and I think he actually said they got to get out of that sounding like they're in a cave quality right. a little I bit. I think they're all taking talking into one mic, group, you know, in, it, in a group format. It might be that. I think that might be what it is. But um, I, I like the content. I did enjoy the content. It's nice hearing that people are still playing Warhammer Fantasy Down from under, a, in yeah. Australia. 
Um, but I did enjoy it. I would I would definitely say people should give it a chance. It was uh, it was pretty darn good. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I'm waiting for another uh, Six Dice Monkeys. They haven't put one out in a little while. That's the other new one that I've been really enjoying. I, I haven't. I, that's on my list. I haven't listened to that yet, but it is on my list. Got to listen to their uh, yeah. to their definitely to Rafaz's on doing the uh, Vampire Counts uh, review, and that's uh, that's a good out. one. But um, all right, you know what? Let's uh, let's play his uh, voicemail. Take a little break. Be right back with news and rumors. Let's do it. You've heard him on the show. You've seen his work on our website. He's Brian Steele, owner of Urza's Den. That's right, folks. Urza'sDen.com. Custom modeling, sculpting, and painting. You got a model you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You got an army you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You can't come up with an idea for a conversion? Give his ideas a try. Heck, you got an army list with models they don't even make? Brian's the man. Give him a call. Check him out at Urza'sDen.com. You won't be sorry. Hi, it's Dave from the Dwellers Below Cast in Melbourne, Australia. I was calling up about your discussion in the last show about open lists versus closed lists and wanted to raise a potential problem. I know in the past when people have played closed lists, there's been an issue that players have talked to their friends about their games and inadvertently mentioned items or equipment that the army they play against has. Don't you think that it might be a problem to allow players to talk about the games afterwards if you are going to have a closed list scenario and wouldn't it further alienate players who are not well connected with friendship groups in the tournament scene? If you are going to be prohibiting people from discussing their games afterwards, how will you punish it? Are players going to be, for example, ejected from the tournament or granted a 20-0 zip loss for having talked about a previous game and the equipment that someone has? I'm not saying it's unfeasible, but it does seem to bring the game to a more competitive level than we might want to have. With an open list, you can chat about what the player had openly and easily without any issues. With a closed list, it might seem that if you do mention that such and such player was running the crown of command, you are substantially ruining their chances. For me, this seems to be a huge stumbling block without having people going around listening to conversations and making sure that players don't have a quick chat out about the equipment that they faced in the last game you might be disadvantaging people. Love to hear your thoughts on the next show, and thanks for keeping up the amazing podcasts each month. Cheers, Dave. Okay, so that was the voicemail from Dave from Dwellers Below. Now, I must say, we did get some feedback on this this idea of closed list. I know Jake Murphy posted on our forums that he likes a closed list, and I... I want to apologize to Jake. I got a little antagonistic, I think, in my response. And he's like, dude, I'm not going to bite. I'm just giving an opinion. I didn't mean it to sound that way, but, you know, sometimes voice doesn't no, have a yeah, text. I hear you. The thing is, we've been talking about that on the IWFB forum as well. Oh, so have you? It's, yeah. So it's, it's, it's I gotta a lot get of conversation. the other forums more. I just, between editing the show and taking my kids, I never have, I'm just well, not in front of the computer. You live enough. in Illinois, so. I wish I was so, on the forums a little more, though, because there are conversations I'm missing out on. Uh, but Jake does prefer open lists. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know a bunch of people, do, and I'd say, you know, I heard a lot of rationale. I guess I, part of it with me is I kind of take a different look between strategy and tactics. Mm-hmm. I don't think it leaks for better strategy necessarily, if you know their list. I think it just makes a change in your tactics. You know what it, I'm saying? It, right. It, it's and also there, more and there's emphasis, a fine line between the two, but... More emphasis on list building 
than, right. than list application. Yeah, and right. that's just and that's just my opinion. I totally see people's argument saying, you know, if I know that I I don't necessarily know that I 100% agree. I think they're kind of almost two sides of the same coin. I don't know that I agree that if I know the guy's list and I'm playing him and not his list. Um I still kind of think that and I know for me and Jake did Jake did say he thinks it makes it more competitive. He's not saying it makes it more realistic or more fun right. although he does enjoy it. He says it makes it more competitive and he's a competitive player. Sure. Sure. Um I just and I, I I admit part of the hurdle of it for me is it doesn't seem real and it it just like I said it it breaks some of that cinematic illusion that, that you're that, yeah, that you're in the Warhammer world yeah, and my, my how little, would you know all these things exactly yeah. my, my silly hobby gamer side it just something in the back of my brain screams out against it and I, although you could make the same argument for pre measuring like how would you know that that's exactly eight inches i.e. five hundred feet away or whatever you know well I, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, if you could, I mean, how could, how do they do it? Any, I mean, they used to be able to do that. You've got, I mean, maybe not binoculars, but you have all sorts of scopes that some can kind tell of, you range. Some kind of range finder? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, they've got stuff like, I mean, maybe I, not, I don't see orcs, goblins, or demons doing that. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But they have, yeah, they're magic. You know, orcs, orc magic, they just believe it's going to land 500 feet away, and it right, does. Right, true. You know, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, you raise a good point. But I'm just, for me, in my head, that's just me personally. Sure. Now, of all the arguments I've heard, I think Dave brings up actually the 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 one that I found to be the most valid, the one that I don't really that have an a, argument yeah, against. It, that is a very compelling argument, and it's it's. Now I've been at Adepticon, and I've had people saying, "Oh, I just played this guy," and I actually said, "Well, how was he?" And you can see what they've got on the table. You can see what their right. models are, what yeah. they're bringing. Uh, I've never heard anybody going into the lists, mm-hmm. and if people said, "How'd you do against?" Well, I did. I you know he he had some stuff that made it hard for me. To yeah. win, I've never heard, and I've, I've actually, I guess now that I'm, I go back and think about the discussions we've had, mm-hmm. I can see people kind of avoiding saying what people had in their list because it isn't right to say it. But I think, at least in the circle of people that I've seen, mm-hmm. it just you kind of, you, you know, you shouldn't be telling other people their lists. That's and you kind just, of been my approach too, and I agree with you. Thinking back in conversations, that's. You know, I, I didn't break this unit, or I ran that unit down and won the game. But there's no no discussion. discussion yeah. as, oh, he had the crown of command on that hero, or etc. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. Maybe it, maybe it's um, I, I don't know. Uh, but common, I suppose you could courtesy. go and if you're playing someone with dark elves, and they're like, oh man, his dreadlord on the Pegasus just came flying through and chopped up everything. Oh, what was he? The 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 you well, know the I, I think if. He, if a lot of it is, uh, but that's where you, you just if if you hear the common build, you think, oh, exactly. oh he had the dreadlord. Oh, okay, but say no, no one more. was really discussing it. But I could see if you're into a competitive setting, and once again, mm-hmm. I don't know much about the competitive setting. I mean, I've gone to tournaments, and I understand that, but dude, I'm always sitting at the bottom tables. <laughs> you know? Well, no, it, it still applies if you're right. at that tournament and someone's talking about your list after right. a game. But at the same time. If someone's game finishes early, they could come over and watch your game and just happen to see it too. They don't have to talk about it; they can see it in action, and all of a sudden they know that that guy has the crown or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, don't think there's any way that you can stop it, yeah. other than players kind of restraining and giving the courtesy to not divulge any information that that player wouldn't want to be revealed. Right, and I and I guess, like I said, it's the only argument I've heard for going always open list, at least in tournament settings, always sure. going open list. Um, yeah, that is a compelling argument. Yeah, I, I really I, because I don't, I don't have a response for it. You know, mm-hmm. how do you stop people from doing? It? Now, I was actually listening to their show. Yeah, and they were discussing this on their show, and some guy had said he'd gone to a magic tournament, and you're not allowed to talk about what people have in their decks. 
and some guy said something, and the T.O. heard him. And the, the guy who was actually telling the story got boosted into the semifinals. This, this was a, like the guy, you, you basically lose your next round if you talk about the wow. list as a rule. And he was supposed to go to the semis or the quarters or whatever it was. Right. And, and he it was got like auto-lose, and he was out. Yeesh. And that was it. And that's, it's, that's, that's taking it a little bit too far, I think, for Warhammer players. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not mag- Magic the Gathering and Warhammer are two completely different animals. Two different animals, sure. Um, but I would hate to, as a TO, like at Blood and the Sun, if I was walking around and I heard someone you know, talking about that, I would not want to be the one to be like, oh, you're talking about X person's list? Sorry, you're out. Yeah, I mean, you don't... Can you, you don't, imagine well, the uproar? Well, dude, I don't think you would necessarily kick a person out of the term. What do you do? You, you penalize them... You know, ten points or five points, and how do you enforce that? Because if I hear you, but I don't hear the guy next to him, right? Yeah, exactly. And I go, "Well, that guy it's was talking," said, and then, then there's then people are pointing fingers sure. and getting getting angry. Th- that's that's a Pandora's box. I think as a TO, I would not want to open. Which then I guess that makes sort of his argument of well, then go open list. Which I mean, but it hasn't been an issue. We played closed lists around at least in the Chicago area. We've played closed lists for the longest time in Eighth Edition, and it, it, that sort of issue has never come up. I'm I'm really well. I mean, maybe people are you know there could be people who are colluding quietly off in the corner with their friends and saying, maybe. "What did this guy have?" If any listeners, if that's happened to any of you out there, please let us know. I'd like to hear those stories. Uh, yeah, I'd love to know because I'm start. I mean, I, I hear these stories about well, you know, we this and that, and I'm like. Am I completely oblivious and living in fantasy land and just assuming this never happens, or does it not happen? I'm starting to think that here in the Midwest, we must have some of the, and, and you know, not sitting here you know, like yeah, we're we're number one. I'm starting to think the, the gaming scene here in the Midwest might be some of the the best gaming scenes anywhere because mm. this these things that you hear about these problems at these other tournaments that you always yeah. you, that you hear cropping up when you listen to podcasts from around the world yeah. i just never hear of it happening here either people are really getting away with it really good here and we got the we got the cheating gaming masterminds of the world all in the midwest or we're just that damned laid laid back midwest stereotype where we're just not that way i, I think it's a, it's a mix and it's funny that you mentioned that because uh one of the local players on IWFB, Joe Sloboda, you may know him. Uh, I, I think I know him, yeah. We, he was inquiring about the results of um, the Screw City Grand Tournament that Grant and I just went to. Right. And it was um, it was closed list, 3,000 points, you know, special characters, the no restrictions, no Grant Army, but other than that, no restrictions. Okay. And so they were, they were talking about that, and um, out of every time you played someone, one of the questions was, would you voluntarily play this army again? And so he basically put out in this thread that five times 36 players is 180 times that question was asked. What would you predict? How many no's do you think out of that 180 there were? Remember, there's it's wide open. No, no comp, special characters. You can go dual hydra or whatever. Well, see, I think a lot of times, especially... I think you got a, a friendly a friendly atmosphere at a tournament. Mm-hmm. You're going to a tournament that is billed as no comp, 3K, bring what you want. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the number is probably kind of low. So we, we'll just throw a number out there. I'm guessing 30. 30? There are five. Five? Five no's. Five. Five. Were they all against Relian? No. <laughs> no. Although he did get, I think he got two. <laughs> so he got almost half. But so so he posted that on IWFB, and he is a champion for no comp Warhammer. Mm-hmm. So he went ahead and posted that on the the Warhammer forum. Okay. Warhammer dot 
co.uk, I think it is. Right. And that is um, a, a pressure box of competitive oh, gamers. Oh, yeah. It's got to be comp this way and that way. So he is leading the charge and saying, hey, this 36-person tournament in Illinois, no comp, there are only five no's out of the 180 times I was asked that they wouldn't play this army again. What does that say about comp, or the gaming scene around here, etc.? So... I don't know. Maybe you're onto something. Maybe Chicago, the Midwest, uh, you know, they play by a different standard. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, and I, I okay, I love the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I've been to California. I've been to New York. Um, and they're nice places to visit. Yeah. But I totally. You would want to stay. Yeah. Uh, you, I, I was, I've been to New York, and I said, take all of downtown Chicago, crush it into four square blocks, and remove all the alleys. And that's what New York is like. It's mm-hmm. just packed. Yeah. And they, I, I think this, the people's attitudes are so different. And people are like, well, you got that weird corn-fed Midwest attitude. You hear about that, that sort of laid-back, almost country attitude because, like, we're this sea of Chicago in the middle of, right. like, all this corn. Cornfields, <laughs> sure. Know? Um, I don't know if that I don't know if that has something to do with it. But, I mean, I, I, I you, you know, Midwest you is known for... This- like working class ethics, right, and, and, and down to earth sensibilities. And, and, and I'm not saying we rule, but I just I get this, you know, because I don't want to offend anyone on the West Coast or the East Coast sure. or down south, you know, um, or Canada. Well, I guess we can offend the Canadians. They started a country and nobody came. <laughs> <laughs> but they have maple syrup. I love maple syrup. <laughs> Drink it right out of the bottle. Sorry, Mike. Um, yeah, sorry, Canadians. I didn't mean to make fun of you there. I just couldn't resist it. Um, but it, it is. It's like, I mean, you hear about people talking about in their games and this, 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 and I was, and there was these. I'm just like, man, either I'm playing, either I'm lucking out when I go to tournaments and just playing against all the nicest guys and mm-hmm. missing all of these jackholes, right? Or that we just don't have any jackholes. I mean, I know there's a few. I mean, I, I know because you hear about them. Sure, I was. I've been every region has a few. But it just, I mean. You know, I was at Adepticon with 147 players, and did you play any jackholes, as you put it there? No, and I've done that twice. And and I've that, done that's, your, that's your biggest sample for for going pulling players out of the Midwest. A lot right. of West Coast and East Coast players I mean, come for that. Players from all over. But we had a player from Australia come out for yeah. that. That was cool. I mean, any any time I played when we did when we were down at the Battle Bunker mm-hmm. playing tournaments, we're doing all these different tournaments. It's a bunch of guys showing up. Yeah, we have a really good time. Play a lot of Warhammer, win or lose. We're laughing, we're shaking each other's hand. Uh, even at the top tables, I don't like you know you know because when I get whooped in thirty minutes and I'm wandering, <laughs> there's a good naturedness to it. There's none of this like just staring at the tables and just staring at each other and you know please go away. I'm 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 trying to play here. I, I have witnessed that a couple of times. It, it, I'm not saying it never happens, but it's rare. It just it seems such the exception and such a small exception to the rule. Of gaming in our area, and maybe we're really lucky, and, and that could be it. And we, if we, we are, are lucky, you know, then I'm happy to be lucky. Right. I am the luckiest Let's boy in the world. Ma- maintain it. But, I mean, and this is a total sidetrack, and it's kind of pointless, but... No, I think it's relevant, because it goes back to Dave's point. I, I wonder if in their scene, they've had a problem with, with that, with them talking about lists that were closed, someone got in trouble. I mean, I remember hearing, even when... When Podhammer was on, them saying how you know you get a gaming group together and they'd agree to mark everyone's sportsmanship down a little bit, you know. What do you mean? Well, okay, let's say we're all there together yeah. and we've been playing and we're in a gaming group, and 
I played this guy and he did pretty well, and now yeah. you're going to play him. Well, you know, maybe knock his sportsmanship down or his little whatever the comp scoring is. Right. Maybe mark him down just a point or so because he's doing well. And as a group, we know if oh, we know if we all mark him down that. Uh, wow, I'm still recording. So you have partial power. So what were we saying before the power went out? Uh, that we have a good scene and that we're lucky. That yeah. we don't have to worry about uh, people talking about closed list items. I, I personally have never had a problem with that. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I haven't had either. Okay, well, you know what, here. Folks, we just had a power outage and everything went out in the house except my recorder, which has the battery backup running. So we've totally lost our thread. <laughs> We're talking in the dark. Yeah, and we are talking in the dark, and we're going to finish up this segment and then go to a break and come back when there's power. But uh, I think, like I said, maybe we are really lucky. And, um, you know, maybe that's why so many other people feel the need for this stuff. But I will will give Dave credit for being the one argument that he's made that I I can't write off or just be like, nope, I don't buy it. It's the one. It is a compelling argument for yeah, sure. It's absolutely the one thing I've heard that I got nothing to say against. I just, but you know, the thing is, a lot of uh, veteran players when they see a list, if they don't know it already, they'll they'll suspect that you have X, Y, and Z. Exactly, which is always, I think, part of the fun. I know that was one of Jake Murphy's questions: was, mm-hmm. you know, how does not taking something or taking something, you know, tricking them into thinking you have it when you don't? Right. How is that a strategy? I said. You know, um, we did that throughout World War II a whole bunch yeah, of times. I was times. just thinking about that the other day, that's World War II. Def- that's, if you don't think that's a strategy, read the stuff that was written by Rommel yeah. and Patton. That's absolutely... Well, what was the other beach that they were going to land? Not at Normandy, but... Uh, Hell, we did that to Saddam Hussein. Yeah. During the first invasion. We had all those, you know, CNN was there. Everyone was covering everything. He was watching the news, too. He's like, oh, look, they're going to come right here. Mm-hmm. All the boats landed. They opened up. They were empty. We came in the back door. Right, right. He was like, what? It's it's part of a war game. Yeah, you know? and I think it, it, for me, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't give you as strong of a tactics. Maybe, maybe you know, having that open list does allow you to play the player. Yeah, it allows you to really just think. Okay, I know exactly what you have, but I mean, to me, that's. I don't want to say go play chess because that's such a that's such a that, that's such a dismissive argument. Uh-huh. Uh, and I can see the fun of playing open list. I've done it before. I'm not saying it's no fun, but I'm saying for me as the hobby gamer, as the person who, when I'm looking over the battlefield on the table in front of me and I'm looking at all the parts, yes, I'm trying to be strategic and yes, I'm trying to play what's there. But yes, I also enjoy that cinematic portion of it, the story that's rolling in my head. The unknown and what might develop as a, as a exactly. result. Sure. And I mean, sometimes it's frustrating. Oh, I got these. And sometimes it's like, whoa, you know? Hmm. Um, and th- for me, that's, that's, that's part of it. So, well, I'll have to listen to uh, the Dwellers Below, that episode where they talk about that, because I, I haven't listened to that well, one Well, I yet. believe they don't have an episode one, because they said it was lost. I, yeah, I read that. Is it episode... Uh, it's two and three, and I think it was episode three that they, talked that they about were that? talking okay. about it. Uh, it was really funny, because we had talked about it, and then he sent me the email, and I heard the email. I'm like, that's actually the most compelling argument I've heard. 
and then went and listened to the episode that next day, and they were talking all about it. I'm like, oh, well, there it is. You know, we should open a, uh, a forum thread where people who've witnessed that sort of thing happen, where they can post uh, their stories, because I would love to hear samples of uh, people talking about closed lists and then getting busted for it later. Well, do we want to put that... Uh, well, yeah, you know what? What thread do we want to put that in? Maybe general Warhammer discussion. Yeah, under Warhammering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll put it there then. We'll have an open versus closed list thread going on, and we'll see what people have to say about it. Because that'll be yeah, that'll definitely be an interesting topic. So cool. All right, um, commercial break, and then we'll come back either in a little bit when there's power, or, <laughs> or in a later couple of days. <laughs> oh, I hope it's not later this week. I want to have time to edit this show. All right. Well, we'll be back. Yes. Right here at Screw City G T, bro. We miss ya. Roll quantity of bears. We need you to come out, man. Have some beers. Turns out we're already drunk. We miss you though. Later, bud. Welcome back to Garage Handle, folks. Uh, we're here now. Easy listening. Easy listening. I'm going to start doing that. I think I'm going to just welcome people back instead of saying we're back. I think because when I've been listening to talk radio, they always say, hey, welcome back to the show, as opposed mm-hmm. to just saying we're, we're back. We're back. <laughs> we're back. Back, 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 But uh, I don't know. I mean, I know it's not real radio, but I like to pretend it is. So It's digital radio. Yeah, you know, we can get the musical, the modern musical bumpers before the commercial. Yeah, yeah, you're the one... You started this. You're the one who's like, oh, if we do that. And I was like, wow, that sounds like a real radio show. And now I'm actually trying to make this sound more like a... I'm going for audio depth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Depth, breadth, width, the whole nine yards. <laughs> hey, you know what? I heard a funny thing. You know where the phrase the whole nine yards comes from, what it means? The whole nine yards. Uh, is that a football reference? I always thought it was a football reference, too. You get the ball, you move forward, and it's you know, 10 yards yeah. to get a first down. You're No. Uh, apparently, the large caliber machine gun weapons that they used to use in World War II, those belts of, of ammunition nine yards were long. nine yards long. Yeah. So when they say give them the whole nine yards, they're talking about give them everything you wow. got. Literally, give them everything you got. That's so, interesting. It may, I mean, uh, totally off topic, but I heard it, and I was like, that is cool. That, that is, is cool. really cool. I actually learned that watching Pawn Stars. Some guy brought in this stuff from World War II, and they... Yeah. Explain that's where that came from. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Imagine nine yards worth of like 50 caliber bullets. <laughs> well, they're Jeez. big, but yeah, 27 feet on those belts running it through. Yeesh. Yeah. That's a lot of lead. Yeah, that, no kidding, huh? Okay, so uh, the news and rumors section. Yeah, what do we got? Um, well, first of all, there's been the hubbub that White Dwarf is completely revamping this, uh, this month. I, I saw a little blurb on that, but I didn't really read it in full detail. What's the well, story? as a subscriber, I got all excited, you know. <laughs> um, in fact, I went out and re-upped my subscription for another year before they jacked up oh. the price. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically, um, and I was talking to someone else who I know, who I will remain nameless, but apparently they're a new editor. They got a new editor, and he is like a magazine guy. From, like, from which magazine? I don't remember the magazines they named, but he was doing like actual regular in-the-store. Printed publications. Yeah, printed okay. publications. Um, they brought him in, 
I believe that he was actually the guy who was working on the. Uh, he worked on the, ep- the episode, the issue with the uh, demons pamphlet in it. Oh, that was right. like his little trial run. See what he could do with it. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna have a new logo. In fact, on the internet now, they've already leaked pictures of the new cover. Oh, yeah. There's the new logo. It's not over the whole. It's like in the top corner. And it, I mean, I huh. saw the cover of the magazine. I'm like, wow, this looks like any other magazine, but it looked like a magazine you'd buy on the shelves, which White Dwarf doesn't always quite look that way. You know what I'm sure. saying? Um, so less of a... Well, I wonder what the emphasis is going to be, more well, journalistic? Well, basically what uh, what what I heard was and what they had said was they're going to have new articles, um, new photography, you know, better photography, new different st- st- uh, types of recurring articles, okay. not just battle reports, not just, uh, you know, not just a catalog. Do you think this means there'll be more FAQs and rules adjustments in there? Well... I mean, if if he really did work on the demons, the you know the issue with the demons pamphlet and all that, I'm kind of hoping that's the way they're going to go. Huh. But it's going to be more you know magazine and article oriented than catalog oriented. Apparently, I mean, heck, I don't know exactly what's going to be in there. Nobody does. By the time this episode comes out, because it's coming out on the 22nd, which is this uh, Saturday, I think they yeah. So um, by the time this episode comes out, it'll already have hit the stores. But I, I'm just I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really looking forward looking. to it. If it's less of a catalog and more of a journalistic hobby, you know what? Editorial, yeah, that'd be I, cool. Yeah, I mean, any improvement is good improvement, right? And so, if they really improve this, and you know, everybody starts reading it again, I won't feel so bad every month when mine comes. <laughs> and people are like, are you still subscribing to that? No, I understand why you but, why you keep it. So. Yeah. And who knows if it's if it's really good, maybe I'll you know get a subscription. Well, I, I think yeah, I think that's what they're hoping. I'm 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 really hoping it's going to be something something big. So that's, that's big news. Excellent. And uh, they also are doing uh, their their um, what's new today section on their website mm-hmm. is now called White Dwarf Daily. So uh, they got a little. Oh, daily I, I heard. Yeah, Curry. Ben Curry, Curry, Curry would love that. to take credit for that. Which that one name. came first? Huh? <laughs> But uh, so that's that's it for the new White Dwarf. I'm I'm actually really excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. And I'm hoping, and I know that this has absolutely nothing to do with the guy who edits the magazine, but I'm hoping that with the new facelift and the new everything, that they're going to go back to releasing it before the end of the month. And I'm hoping that maybe those of us who are subscribing will start getting it, not shipped out after the after release the date, but. You know, in time before, to get it. At maybe. least, even if you ship it only a day or two before, you know, at least that'll give us a head start so that those of us who wait a week might only be getting it three or four days later. Ah, right. You know what I'm saying? I don't mind. I realize that's a trade off. I'm paying about six bucks an issue for an annual subscription yeah. as opposed to the cover price of nine. I, I'll, I'm willing to wait a few days to save three sure. bucks an issue, sure. you know? But if, you know, the, the fewer days, the better. Of course. So. So what's next on our list here? Uh, uh, see a little note here about Forge World, Incarnate Elemental of Fire. Dude, have you seen this thing? Uh, is this what was supposed to be the... It looks like a big giant walking with flames coming off of him and stuff. I don't know that I saw that. Oh, you need to you need to take I'll a look check at that it. Out. It's really... This thing is really cool looking. Um, now, is I, it supposed to be a Chaos Dwarf? No, remember piece? they did that Incarnate Elemental of Beasts from the Monstrous Arcanum that they oh. would... The, this is the elemental of fire. I did see that. So they have the you know they're gonna I guess they're gonna do one from each magic lore. Sure. You know, what each, so they had the one of beasts. Now they've got the one of fire has finally come All out. Right, so they'll have one of metal. Light, uh, yeah, I'm assuming death. they'll have one of everything. Yeah, shadow that'd be cool. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited, but it's about it coming out at 68 pounds. 
on the Forge World site. Is that about a hundred dollars US? Uh, yeah, I think it's about. I think right now the exchange rate is about one point six. Okay. Dollars. So you figure add another almost two thirds. So yeah, add another forty forty five bucks. Sure. So you're looking at about a hundred hundred five bucks. Interesting. Maybe hundred ten. I don't know. Um, but it's 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 really a nice model. I I really liked it. I was clicking at all the different views of it. You know, they have all the different pictures, mm-hmm. and it's a really nice model. How, how big is it? Uh, it looks about the size of a of a giant. Okay. I mean, it's this big walking pseudo human looking thing walking human torch. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it does. I mean, there's all it, there's so many details. It's really it's something you got to really just look at. And look at all the different pictures mm-hmm. to appreciate all the work they've done to it. But it's really cool. I believe it's on the same base as the other one. It's it's got to be bigger than a giant base because all these things are coming on pretty large. Yeah, pretty large bases. Sp- prob- speaking of large base, that magma dragon. That's on an arachnorock base. That's huge. Yeah, and that is, it is. I like it. Very cool. Um, I will now if you if you I I always take them and I look at the picture in the Monsters Arcanum to see how close. They got to oh, the picture. To the sure. um, and I think Ben Curry or someone, it, might, it had to be Curry because he talks about this stuff every day. And now, anytime I hear something, I think it's Curry because he's got his damn daily episode. And it's <laughs> like, I just always assume I heard it there. Um, the face on the in the picture of the Magma Dragon in the Tamarcon, I think it was in the Tamarcon book, it might have been, but it might have been in the Monsters Arcanum. Um, it reminded me of that black dragon from How to Train Your Dragon. It had a very snub face, like a very flat kind of face. Kind of wide. Yeah, wide versus flat. narrow and long. And this is still wide, but it comes to a point, like mm-hmm. a beak, and that's like the one little difference. I wanted to see that sort of snub because you just never sure. – all these dragons have these long snouts. I wanted to see that flat sort of face. But other than that, man, it's a beautiful dragon. It is cool. It's like uh, stout and muscular versus long and spindly. Exactly. It's, it's the total opposite it of is. what we've seen. It's this big, heavy – it looks like a big, heavy, slow, plodding, right? Like a fat dragon, you know. Which yeah. is every 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 dragon we see now, they're getting thinner and thinner. I mean, that dark elf dragon is just as emaciated as they are. Mm-hmm. But it, it has wings, so it flies. Yep. <laughs> it it looks brutal. It's got those really thick tree trunk legs yeah. too. It's just right. like this thing is not something you want to mess it's, with. It's, it's thick. Yeah, it's really nice. That one's eighty pounds, so that's probably clocking in at wow. about a buck and a quarter for uh, American. It looks heavy. Yeah, a lot of material. Yeah, but uh, I really, I really looked at that, and I really, I liked it a lot. Do you own any Forge World models? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, when Heather and Harrison went to England, she brought me back a Def Roller to put on front of my orc truck. Def Roller, okay, to put on front of my orc truck. But uh, I have, uh, I have the um, White King VSB hmm. that they put out. Um, That's a good model. It's a great model. I have some other Forge World stuff around. I'm try- oh yeah, I got Sail the Faithless hmm. from Tamarcon and okay. the and the uh, little uh, the Chaos Spawn that he's with. Hmm. The few things that I have picked up from Forge World and ordered, they're just they're so nice. They are neat. You know, with the armies that I play, there's not a lot of Forge World stuff out there. Just the Idol of Gork. Or or that huge squig, which is pretty cool. The huge squig I thought was okay. It was I thought it looked a little odd. Like it didn't it didn't look very squiggish to me I guess compared to the other squigs too many eyes or it's not even the too many eyes it just didn't it it seemed a little more oval than round and the legs were mm-hmm. kind of far in the back I guess I just always picture my squigs like 
just like round with the legs right underneath them, more, like these hopping, bopping. Like. Yeah, yeah, these weird hopping. You know, part of it is from the Warhammer Online intro, them sort of just jumping and bouncing yeah. around. And that thing looked a little, it just looked a little different. Hmm. Um, of course, I am a big fan of the idol of Mork or Gork. <laughs> and I know a few people have seen it in person and said it does look better in person does than it, it does. Than it does on the table. I'll have I to th- check that out. I think it's I, I'm cool. not quite sold on that, but it's very simple. But I just like it. You know, that's just me. Yeah. Uh, what else in news and rumors? Uh, new fine cast Bretts. That's what's up uh, right now, and the new releases for um, from uh, GW. GW. Yeah, I saw that. They look pretty good. There's about ten different Bretts. Yeah. There's nothing new. It's just basically. I know some people were really mad because the Grail Knight slash Questing Knight pack is now seventy five bucks for the five fine cast knights. So seventy five. So they're fifteen Blood bucks Knight. a night. No, Blood Knights are ninety nine. Ah, so that's they're still at the top. And of the Blood Knights are are they fine? Oh, they are fine cast. I have them. I should know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they're still they're still pretty still pricey. Pretty pricey. But they're gorgeous. Did you hear Ben Curry's top five? Armies? Yeah. And Lizardmen being at the top? Yeah. Well, they're pretty. I mean, they're, they're pretty good. And that, that, that Slan is. That's the thing. That Slan is just. He's the one I think that pushes them over the edge. You don't have that Slan there. They're not number one, but he's so. He's, he's so, yeah. So, so brutal. He's so good. Yeah. It's wonderful. As, as Ben put it, he's so tasty. But uh, no, that's just fantastic. So. Um, and, and, and vampires were at five, which I was kind of surprised because. I don't see them necessarily winning a lot, but they can be. They can be tough. I they mean, can be pretty brutal. You, you kicked my butt with the VC a couple of times, and I've gotten my butt totally <laughs> cleaned up by the VC. Of course, that's mostly from ogres. They're such a bugbear. I can't. They're the one knocking thing. the ogres, huh? No, I'm not even knocking them. It's just I, I, I have so much trouble w- against them with my vampires. It's just stupid. Well, they have so many good combos. It's hard to make, I think, a suboptimal list because so many of their choices are good. They're almost like the dark elves. I think that their suboptimal choices are so suboptimal. It's like, really, you're not going to see people taking bunches of knoblars. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, uh, no one's going to give up an iron blaster to take a scrap launcher. It's just... Or, or big units of uh, one of those little uh, saber tusks. Yeah. You're not going to take a big unit of them. Yeah. Exactly why. Because their leadership is four. Right. So exactly. No point. But I think that's all the news and rumors that we've got for today. The dust is settling for the from the 40K release that just came out. Yep. I saw pictures of the Chaos Marines and stuff on, on the site. Yeah, um, and I've got the, like I said, I do have the Dark Vengeance set, and I'm going to start putting that together once we get past the uh, the the Civil War. Once we get past... Oh, the Chicago Civil War. The Chicago Civil War. Okay. Then I'm going to I'm gonna start putting that stuff together. So we nice. have, I think they're really cool models. I was looking at the sprues, and I was just like drooling. They're pretty neat. I wonder what's next for them in terms of 40K side. Well, they did. Um, there's pictures already out from uh, from the new White Dwarf. There's pictures that I saw online of the new Chaos Marines. Hmm. And there's been very mixed reviews. They don't look like the regular Chaos Marines. They don't look like Marines with spikes and skulls. They look like Marines that have kind of come from the warp. They look... Oh, like mutated? Not even so much mutated, but the, even the armor just kind of looks different. There are definite changes to oh. it. Um, I only looked at them briefly when I was at work on lunch, yeah. um, but I've been looking on Twitter, and people are like, oh, I hate they, they, I've they, seen the reaction. They either it's hate very, it or they like it a lot. It really, they don't look like your old Marines, though. This is a total new new direction for them. Um, once again, I will hold off on judgment until I actually see them in person, because you can never tell from a picture. And I wasn't even seeing a picture. I was seeing a picture that of a picture that was posted on Twitter. So, ah, okay. you know. All right. All right. Um, you know what? Let's uh, 
take a quick break so that we can run a bit of an ad from our sponsor of the Toolbox, and that sponsor is Chaos Rock Superstore. Chaos Rock Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Orc Superstore. Welcome back, folks. Here we are. Hey, you tools, it's time for the toolbox. We'll have to get some industrial music for this one just so we can get some. There you go. Oysters and Neubotten or something like that. <laughs> so, some, uh, ministry or something like that. Yep, yep. So, a toolbox. So, what you been up to in the hobby? Okay. So, um, as far as modeling goes, my zombies are done. How many do you have? Two, well, 208, because two Jeez. went walkabout. Um, and I also got my Mantic Kickstarter, so when I'm done building those, I will have 248, and then I'll have to find two oh to buy gosh. from someone. So I will have like 250 zombies. That's insane. And when I'm done building that, and I got uh, 20 more ghouls in the Kickstarter, um, when I have that done, I will be able to field 10,000 points of... Uh, VC. Once I finish building, like I got a corpse cart that's got to be built, and I've got a uh, the other terror guys that's got to be built. A few odds and ends. Yeah, but uh, ten thousand points of impressive. VC. Most it's impressive. Most <laughs> impressive. I can see the zombies from where I'm sitting, and uh, that's a huge block. <laughs> yeah, it's a fifteen wide, fourteen deep block of zombies, and that's a lot of dead guys. I, I put three coats of water effects. I used. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, that $25 bottle of water effects I bought from GW, I've still got, I think, a little over a third of the bottle. Nice. And I based 200 bases, three coats. So that shows you how much you can get out of that $25 bottle. I'm ecstatic. I'm so happy that I've I've taken this to completion. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's fulfilling, isn't it? it, Well, it brings my total model count of stuff that I have personally... Built and painted over this year to a, a right around 350. Nice. So I, my model a day goal is totally going to get smashed, and uh, you might hit two models a day. I'm trying to because I got to paint all that mantic stuff, and the mantic stuff I'm doing quick coats yep. dip. It's just me quick coats and dip. Nice. Um, because it's not my primary set, and I've already got so many. Mm-hmm. But there's like a hundred. I got a hundred or so skeletons from the two different types from my mantic. Right. So yeah, I could. I will easily hit like probably 500 models this year but i'm going to set my new target goal for two a day which would be uh uh 730 crazy models have you been getting a lot of mileage out of your uh, winds or newton series 7 brushes i kind of almost use them sparingly it's like i use them when i want to do the finer details and stuff because i bought only the smaller brushes Mm. it's funny they are really nice brushes um, I bought them with the shorter bristles. I bought the ones for the miniatures. Yeah. And I know Domus had said the longer bristles obviously hold more, more pigment. Sure. I hear a butt, I like I hear a butt coming it, off. It's yeah. not a butt. It's one of those things where it's like 
I guess I had this like stupid idea in my head that it's like this brush will make me a better painter, and it does. It's it, with time, I think it will. And well, I mean, they're very accurate and they're very nice brushes, and I'm very careful with them, and I wash them and soap them off and clean them when I'm done. I don't want them to get ruined, um, and they are very nice and very accurate, much better brushes than I've ever used. But even my little attempts at freehanding and stuff are still not there, and okay. it's just I, I don't have the technique. So without the technique, you'd have the best brush in the world. The and tools it's not aren't going to help you with that. Exactly. Sure. Okay. It's a, it's an amazing tool, and they look. The stuff I've been doing with it looks great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing work with my, with my. I used it with my Terror Geist. I've used it with the fine uh, fine touches on a lot of my different models, character models. And yeah. Whatnot. But all in all, it's like I still need to learn the techniques. I think, and then okay. then having that high quality of a tool will be much and more. Enable you that much more. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. I did sand bases because I hadn't done them yet. On I found those 10 direwolves that I was looking for the box and couldn't find them. Okay, you resurrected them? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I couldn't find the box of them because mm-hmm. I'd already built them. They were all the way in the back, back corner of my uh, the building trays. My father-in-law built me that one, but oh, it's got yeah, a yeah. huge... It was stuck in stuck the back in behind stuff. I sand based the 10 direwolves and the 9 vargeists. So... Now Jeez. they've all got sand and based and primed and nine var guys. That's I have beefy. nine var guys to nine uh, crypt horrors. I think I want to get an even dozen of each, but right now I just want to paint what I've got before I buy anything else. You can uh, even go hoard, get eighteen of them, run them in hoard. Yeah, they're expensive, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fact that I've me. got the fact that I have eighteen total of them mm-hmm. is is something I don't. I'm not necessarily proud of. Well, it's, you know, but, you must be uh, you know high rolling. Oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's basically giving up every. It's my OCD. I've just given up all my other hobbies and focused on this. So, uh, what uh, what painting have you been doing? Uh, painting, you know, with Screw City GT having come and gone, I did you know massive marathon sessions to get ready for that. Right. Uh, you know, getting that drunk giant painted, characters stripped and repainted. Uh, if I finally, after about four years of mulling over what to put on my orc banner. Uh, BSB. I uh-huh. finally came up with something that I'm happy with. The, you know, my old pattern was like the, the old checkerboard with the orc kind of face logo on it. Right. It, it was okay. I wasn't happy with it, so I eventually stripped the whole figure and repainted the banner. So he's got this big orc mouth with a bunch of teeth. Nice. And the gums and everything on the actual flag. And I, I'm, I'm looking at how it. Turned it's out. great. And you went with that orange theme. I, I'm, I'm looking at it. You went the the orange theme you did with all your night goblins. You liked yeah, so much that you you've gone and started. Oh, and it was also on your uh, black orcs, savages, savages. Um, the uh, the squigs that I have, the small squig herds, right? Nice bright orange. Yeah, so went away from the the more conventional color scheme, and yes. it stands out. It's very bright. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's the key. Looking at uh, other armies on display, mm-hmm. it's got to be something bright that jumps out. Uh, you know, because my previous approach was something dark to draw you in, uh-huh. and that. It's subtle, but I don't think it, it works as well. So you need something right. eye-catching to, well, to keep uh, to keep the eye on the army. And, and I had told you before, I was looking and I had seen these, and I said, orange makes me think of either construction worker or mm-hmm. Halloween. And this is neither. This this looks... Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I really like it. It makes them stand out. It's unique. It's it's yours. Or Tom McClure's, depending on who you ask. Because oh. I think he's the first one that came with the orange. Oh, was he doing it for... Yeah. I don't... I mean, I, I, I know McClure. I, I think he's a great guy, but I don't know his army that well. I've only ever really seen him play dwarfs. I saw him bring the orcs to bits. Yeah. 
But outside of that giant with the weird squig biting the giant, biting I, that area, that pretty much grabbed all my attention. <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember the color scheme ah. of his. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude. I just don't remember the color scheme. Sure, yeah. But yours, I see pretty often. Pretty often, so. yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. So uh, I have a lot of goblins to to finish. Uh-huh. Uh Working on a troll horde at the moment. So nice. Uh, yeah. So that so once those are completed, maybe in a Ragnarok also, just for good measure. Oh and sure. The, the greenskins will be more or less complete. Cool. So, going on to your third army then. Yeah, it's starting to th- creep in there. I just don't know what it'll be. Uh, uh, do we have a short list? Not, not as of yet. All right. Well, I want a short list soon. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll give it some thought. Where the ideas are coming from? Uh, let's see what else. I'm I'm almost done reading Orion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm liking that book more and more. Now, is that a series or is that a standalone book? It, it's it's going to be a trilogy because already in the front cover, it mm-hmm. names the next two books. Mm-hmm. And like I said last episode, next book is coming out next year, and the third book is coming out in 2014. So, how would you compare that in terms of enjoyment to the Horus Heresy? Yeah, they're, as they're, a trilogy, the first three of that. Oh. You know what? This first book is good, and it's interesting. Um, I'm not certain 100% where this trilogy is is planning on going. Mm-hmm. I just like the fact that I'm really getting an insight into the Wood Elves. The, it, it really also highlights the forest and how they interact and everything. Yeah, and kind how it paints the picture of uh, the game we play. Yeah, it's very cool. It's something I've never read before. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of Gotrek and Felix. I've read stuff about Skaven. Even Lizardmen have shown up in the... Uh, the, the one Skaven... Bone Ripper and Thankful yeah, novel. Yeah. Um, I've got Wolfric and Valkia that I want to read. Mm-hmm. I've read all of the three Time of Legends trilogies that have been out. Do you know offhand, is there any fantasy book where the main character is a greenskin? Um, the only one that I've read, and it was actually touted. I bought the book. He says it's just the first ever story. There's a 40K book of short stories called Fear the Alien. Mm. And the books are all from the Xenos point of view, not uh, the Space Marines. Oh, that'd be cool. And to it's read. the first ever book, a short story told completely from the point of view of an orc uh, war boss. That would be a very interesting read. So I haven't read it yet. I've got the book. It's one of those that's kind of sitting there waiting uh-huh. for me to read it. If you want to borrow it, you're welcome to. Okay. I might take you up on that. Um, have you. I, I do have the next three books. I, I ordered them through Amazon, through used. I got a really good deal. So I have books. I think it's 11, 12, and 13 of Horus Heresy. The Horus Heresy. I will be reading okay. as soon as I'm done with Orion. Okay. Um, have you gotten any farther in uh, Yeah, Rising? I'm about uh, two-thirds of the way through, and it is starting to get very interesting. <laughs> I'm at the part now where they're taking that uh, the mega, arachno- mega arachnid okay. planet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of assembling to finally storm that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's very okay. interesting. <sighs> Dude, you read it, and you're like, okay, now you read that stuff, and you're like, now I know why. So many people buy Space Marines because you read yeah. it's like wow, it's so vivid the details of them battling and stuff. Oh, they're it's 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 fantastic. It, it is pretty cool. What, and, and I'm I know that there's a lot a lot of things kind of happening behind the scenes, like political intrigue wise. Right. But I'm I, I I'm letting those things develop. I can't foresee or predict what's going to happen, but I know there's a lot under the surface. It's right now getting to the point where I can't really put it down. See, good, good. It's finally it's getting finally to that grabbing point. you. Yeah, if yeah. you if you're getting close, grab the second book before you go yeah, home. I will. Uh, and this is a total sidetrack, and I'm sorry. I know it's not fantasy, guys, but I've really been enjoying the 40k sixth edition stuff, and the fact that now I have someone here. I mean, I'm the only one in our group, our actual group, who lives like right here, mm-hmm. who's reading this. <laughs> so okay. now I have someone else who's to talk actually about. I got some it. catching up to do, but it's so good. Yeah, it is interesting. 
All right. Well, so that was my reading and that was your that reading, was I guess. Reading, yeah. um, you know what? I'm going to – we haven't done this in months, and I know you're probably not prepared for this because I'm springing it on you, but Christopher Uh-oh. and I were, were doing these little hobby commitments. Okay. Um, so it, what's your commitment? Well, I, I, that's what I, I want to bring it back because I think I haven't done a lot of modeling or painting lately, and I think by – You haven't? I see legions of zombies and I, I, that was terror guys. That was a week's worth of sitting down here in the evening, two or three hours a night with Harrison watching Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. with him and just painting. But I've been really busy with other things, and it was just for that was a week. Okay. But since I don't know, been, it's been at least a couple months. Right. I almost probably since bits. That oh, I've so really done any while. real any real work. So do you have hard objectives that you're yeah. trying to hit? Uh, basically, I want to figure out a color scheme for the Vargeists because they're unpainted, mm-hmm. and I just don't want to do. I mean, the whole army theme is green. Yeah. But the the crypt horrors are green. Right. So I want to do the Vargas since I want to do them something different. So I want to try to figure out some sort of a good color scheme to use with them. Uh, and I want to – I just started – I started building them. I'm going to build and paint the rest of my fell bats, which is four. Okay. And the bat swarms, my reaper bat swarms. I'm Those gonna, are cool. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a tombstone and a bunch of little mini bats. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I could probably do a quick job on those. So I'm going to – I want to paint the four fell bats and the five bat swarms by next episode. That's that's my hobby goal. The four fell bats and the and the five bats, worms. five bats worms. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's attainable. Yeah, let's, I mean, it's, let's see how you know the, the finished product looks. Yeah, I mean, I got to build it. I'm using the back to base X bases for the mm-hmm. fell bats, and I took a note. Uh, Meal Vermeulen told me to actually just take the wings because they all look kind of similar and uh, bend them. Oh, like, sure. Just stick them on the edge of the table and bend them. So some are bent up and some yeah. are bent down. So it's it gives little, them a little more a little dynamic. Yeah, and that's working fine for me. That's all my. Uh, Reading and stuff. Did you do any other gaming or anything? I mean, anything, any podcasting, anything, any, like, uh, bring in the other. The other stuff? Yeah. Uh, that's that's about the it. Stuff you at know. the bottom of the toolbox. Between uh, getting ready for the tournaments and uh, work and, you know. Are you caught up on Breaking Bad yet? You've been saying how much you uh, like that? Not really. We're about to start season, we just completed season three. Yep. And we're trying to time it to get the other one from the library. Uh, we just haven't had the time. Yeah, Heather and I are going to start watching that soon. I oh, did, nice. I did go Friday to see Dread. I saw your tweet on that. And we went and in 3D. It? I, I got to say, I loved it. Were you a fan of it before? Because um, I really wasn't. I loved the comic book. Like, the artwork in the comic book I wasn't a huge fan of, but I loved the stories and the concepts yeah. back when I was... I mean, I, I was reading that in the mid-'80s. I was like 16, you know? Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I was not a fan of the Sylvester Stallone movie. This stays really faithful to the comic books. It was actually made for 3D. The drug they take, the the drug dealers they try to take down, their drug is called slow-mo. Okay. And when you inhale it, it makes your brain think time is moving at 1/100th speed. So everything moves really slow, we call right. it slow-mo, which is beautiful if you want to do bullet time and all sorts of cool slow motion uh, 3D stuff. Into the special effects there. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a great part. This is not a spoiler, but they're going to throw somebody off like a 75 story thing. Yeah. They they want to really make it bad so they give him the drug first. Oh, so that's as awful. he's falling it goes everything seems to go that much that's slower. Awful. And I am not a fan of 3D. I think it's gimmicky right. still. I mean Avatar looked really good even though the movie wasn't all that good. Yeah, yeah. It was this it was designed to be amazing in 3D. Huh. It was just really over the top gory. It's it was good gross. To know. You know there's a lot of movies out there that um we have yet to catch up on. I can right. add that to the list. Actually, oh, you saw? Did you see Dark Knight? Did you finally get? to we see We finally it? did see Dark Knight. Did you like it? I loved it. <laughs> oh, good, good, very good. Actually, I want to see it again. 
I'll go. And I know right. why you want to go see it multiple times. I've seen it three times yeah, already, yeah. yeah. And I haven't gone back only because it's like almost three hours and mm-hmm. Heather gets mad if I keep right. dropping yeah. ten bucks over and over <laughs> and over again. And actually, we're preparing to watch uh, The Avengers. And in doing so, we're watching... We just watched The Hulk last night. Okay. Which I thought was okay. Uh, uh, it, it's good. I mean, I, I didn't think it was all that the great. The plot was very simple. Yeah. Well, it always is. It's the Hulk. The, I think I think people really loved that Hulk because so many people hated the Eric the Bana one. one yeah. That I mean, I think that's the same thing with Spider-Man. I think so many people like this new Spider-Man because Spider-Man 3 so, was such crap. I didn't even see that one. I mean, that's the thing. It was so bad that people think that, you know, people, all that whole series is crap. No, the first one was good. And the second one I really liked, too. It was the third one was so bad it mm. almost ruined everything. Ruined the franchise. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. So yeah. we... We got. We watched uh, Hulk. We're going to watch Captain America, and there's one more. Now I know Captain America is revisionist comic book history, but I freaking loved Wasn't Captain good. America. Okay, it's my kind of movie. You know, just big pro America. I mean, he's Captain right. America. Right. You know, patriotic. Yeah, it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. So that's uh, that's been what I've been up to lately. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me. Podcast movies. I think that's just about everything that I got. So. Um, why don't we just shut it down here, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Alex. Yep. I think well, we we got a lot of show ahead, folks. <laughs> this is going to be a long one. Trust the me. Magic of editing. No kidding. All right. Back in a minute. Hey, check out that guy in the Garage Hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the Garage Hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store, and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. Dave, the gang's all here at the Screw City GT, bro. Yo, brilliant. Um, hammer. It's one thirty in the morning. David, Chris. Hey, how you guys doing? This is Lord Barry, aka Ryan Nickel, aka Stud Muffin. What the f*** are you, Paul Wagner, mother You some man holding down the fort? Yeah, Grant Fetters here. We, we got some screenings going on with that important to the internet. We, Dave, we f- miss you, bro. Nobody was here to smoke all my f- cigarettes tonight, even. <laughs> Dave, where you at, man? Hey, we, this is like an hour, a hour away from you. Why are you here, man? You're pretty lucky. You guys showing up right now. Hold on, you're going to have to either bleep that or cut it out. Agreed. You guys, guys want to sing him a song? Yeah, what song can we sing him? You know the Mitchell's? Dave, I appreciate that. Well, I got something to say. I killed your baby today, and it doesn't matter much to me as long as it's dead. Boy, I got something to say. I raped your mother today, and it doesn't matter much to me as long as she's dead. <laughs> Sweet, lonely death. I am waiting for your <laughs> We're supposed to be quiet because we already got one. Just one time. It was really tall for a Mexican dude, but they brought this Mexican dude up to try and flex on us, but he kept laughing the whole time. So he clearly didn't give a f- what was going on. 
Alright folks, welcome back to Garage. Welcome Hammer. back to the garage. Back to the garage, you tools. And uh, we're here right now. Uh, before we start talking, uh, eventually Grant will get here and we'll start talking about uh, your guys' time over at the Screw City GT, GT. also known as the SCGT, to uh, confuse all no, the people no, in Screw England. City GT, <laughs> to keep it clear. But yeah, we're here with uh, Alex and Carrie Ann Gonzalez, the uh, hey. the lovely couple who, who ran said GT. So welcome to the show, guys. How you doing? Hi. <laughs> Pretty good. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having us. So uh, we're sorry we couldn't get you on beforehand to talk about this a little more, but I don't think you guys had any trouble selling tickets or anything like that. So that's not, mm. I don't think it's that big of an issue. Now, uh, Alex, this is the first Screw City GT. This is a replacement for your old GT, which was core competency. Um, for anybody who doesn't know what core competency was, and to give them a little bit of an insight into the type of gamer and uh, GT tournament organizer that you are, can you tell them a little bit about uh, what Core Competency was all about? Um, Core Comp, I actually started the edition Power Creep. I had a really bad experience at Adepticon of all places. At Adepticon, interesting. Corn Demon list. I'm talking Bloodthirster, Exalted Demon, three units of ten Bloodletters, hmm. and about like ten Juggernauts and a bunch. <laughs> all the heralds you can. It's like really. There. This is this is fun. So I started Core Comp that year because I was tired of seeing the min-max, min-core characters. It just got to be ridiculous to me. Huh. So the original Core Comp was 40% core before there was a core requirement yep. because I wanted people to like use models. Heaven forbid we use models in this game. Right. Um, so I wanted to make it fun. I wanted to make it quote-unquote balanced i was a really bad seventh edition comp queen mm -hmm. so that's just what i did and it was pretty well received i thought for the most part because it was yeah, i think so too a lot of people uh attended and i think that was david's first tournament if i'm not mistaken well i mean i'd been to a ugg eight person tournament but that was my first that's one thing but that, that was my first tournament like that uh, like a gt that was my first yeah. gt yeah that was it was fantastic too. Yeah, that was a good time. I was nervous as hell going in there that first time, meeting people and doing stuff. But it's, that was uh, a, you're setting foot on the larger stage. It was so much fun. Now, how many years did Core Comp run? Four. Four years. Okay. So tell us about the evolution from going to Core Comp to where we are now, which is Screw City GT. Well, the biggest change that made an impact in this game was Eighth Edition. Because 8th edition put the core requirement in. And then it put the caps on everything else. So I, and it, I still feel this way, that 8th edition did a lot to fix the game. That my 40% core requirement didn't need to happen anymore. Amen, now, brother. It's, uh, it's, very, it's very self-comping and self-balancing. Yeah, I, as books come out, it gets better. Even if they're Tomb Kings. But it's just <laughs> something that I didn't felt was needed anymore. I mean, people still came out. They still had a great time with the tournament, but it was time to move on because the reason I started Core Comp was now set in stone as this is the law of the game. It's interesting that um, we bring up comp. We'll circle back to that, actually, 
when it no, comes no. to uh, Fritz coming. Yeah, when it comes to the scoring aspects. Um, so we'll circle back to that. But uh, Carrie Ann, tell us a little bit about your role in this uh, Screw City GT. You know she's the brains behind the operation. Well, of course I'm the brains behind the operation. Alex doesn't have any. <laughs> awesome, awesome. But basically what I do is I run the computer, I run in the Excel sheets, I mm-hmm. figure out who you're playing in the next round and who wins all the awards. And I keep Alex sane the entire weekend and remind him to eat. So you're the person that I need to give the cash to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a very important role. That's the engine that drives the whole weekend. Yeah, so no that's... kidding. So, Alex, I don't know how you convinced your, your wife to help out with Warhammer tournaments, but you got to tell me what that secret is. No kidding. Um, I'll, it's two things, and it's really easy, but you've already screwed up one of them. No kids. Yeah, we're done there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, was, I thought he was saying we screwed it up for him. I'm like, what? Did, what did, <laughs> no, we screwed no. it up for ourselves. <laughs> no, no, no kids, and then um, I got her started early because she liked being helpful, and she learned a lot from Kimberly. Just as much as I learned a lot from Marty ah, Gaska. Yep. Ah. So, I mean, it got to the point where it was time with Marty, yeah. his health and work. And, and Kim and Marty, would, uh, for those who don't know, being the former power couple uh, of Adepticon fame. Did they run Did they run um, Core Comp before you, Alex? No, Core no. Comp was, was all yours. All mine. And Marty helped me put it together. Okay. He helped me with the original website, the scenarios. That's what it was, because I saw the original website with the picture of the angry clown, something about don't bring a beat stick, and Marty's name was on there, and I just I did, I knew he had something to do with it. So Marty helped me put it together. He helped me get it started because he knew how to do it. And I was an okay gamer, and I was okay in this hobby, but once I started hanging out with Marty, that was the change in me that got me done into tournaments, made Excellent. me a better player. I don't know. I owe a lot to Marty Aska, so... Well, the, comu- the community at large benefits uh, from your efforts, you and Carrie Ann, in organizing these uh, tournaments. So, you know, hats off to you both, and many thanks. Because without you guys, we wouldn't have these sort of tournaments to go to. Yeah, no kidding. Well, there's always PACA. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, uh, so I don't know if you want to kind of set the stage and give some general details about Screw City GT, kind of the inspiration and where the, uh, the, the proceeds went to, etc.? Screw City is one of the nicknames for Rockford, mm-hmm. and it sounded substantially more interesting than Alex runs another tournament in September, GT. Um, okay. We decided to go with Screw City, and since we held it out in Rockford, it was the first GT in Rockford. Um, we don't have that big of a gaming community out here. Not um, yet. Not yet. Um, I think I got a couple people hooked. You know, oh. Alex runs another tournament, Aratus. That's kind of a cool name, Aratus. GT. A R A T I S. Alex runs another tournament in December in September. That could work. That could work. Radis. We'll 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 you know, we'll make a, a character a wacky character with that name and it'll be fantastic. Let's uh, let's get you yeah, back get back on track. Here, Sorry. David. There just, you go. <laughs> no, I'm just floored by that. That's really brilliant, Dave. <laughs> well, thank um, you. Wow, brilliant. I'm usually I usually hear shut up. <laughs> Uh, well, it, what, Screw City is uh, the name for Rockford that the locals call it, right? It's not yeah. something that you made up. So where did that name originate? Um, manufacturing, that's the big business out here. And lo and behold, there is a big screw manufacturing business out here. Someone was saying, I think Grant was saying, because he's from there originally, he was saying that they are the largest global manufacturer of screws. Yeah. 
that's uh, impressive claim to fame. Wow. It's just a weird thing to think of Rockford as like this big manufacturing hub. And of all things, it screws. Hey, the place has got to make something. Chicago is the number one uh, producer of uh, fortune cookies. I mean, go figure. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, Chicago is the number one, the biggest producer of fortune you know, cookies that's an American in the world. Invention. That's not a Chinese thing. And only Americans eat duck sauce, so what are you going to do? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so back to Warhammer and the tournament. Um, How do you guys... Those interviews ain't it. (laughs) Right, right. Anyway, this year I wanted to do a big tournament. Mm -hmm. We don't do a lot of tournaments at 3K. I like big armies, big fun. I do too. I totally could have taken the Coven Throne and tricked out the vampire. Damn it! You could have. Next time you got to get your butt there. I, 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 I'm going to try for next, it's, coming next year. Uh, I, I'm I'm trying. <laughs> I will pay for you to get in. I don't care. I know, and I I told my wife your whole offer, but that was the weekend that I had children because my wife was taking my one daughter for her birthday to the American Girl doll place for the oh, weekend. Well, see, oh, you, you have to get those dates lined up like now. It's uh, I it's just it's, it's insane. Every time there's a huge tournament I want to do, it's either on Heather's birthday, Kira's birthday, or Morgan's birthday. It's like Bits is right by Heather's, sure. Pack is by Kira, and this is right by Morgan's. So it's like I get all my favorite tournaments, I totally get royally screwed because I have family. Well, and- Aren't you glad we just have a dog and not kids? Anyway. Um, <laughs> the kids strike again. Okay. Just send me a list of days you can't no. do. A TO will plan around your schedule. Oh, my God. I feel like Warhammer royalty. I'm going to have to no, do no, that. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. I've done this for other people. I did this for Bednarik a couple years ago for him to come down to core comp. I got no problem adjusting for my friends. It really doesn't bother me. Well, so. then I will tell Heather now. He's doing this in September, and he's letting me tell him what days go. are booked. Uh, oh, that I, I can actually make it then next year if I get that kind of leeway. You heard it here first, folks. Oh, I want to go so bad now. Oh, yeah. God. Thank you, Alex. That's fantastic. Wow. I, I try. I want to make this because, like, I run Adepticon. Everyone, oh, my God, Adepticon. Oh, my God, Adepticon. Mm-hmm. But this one... And same with Core Comp. This is my baby tournament. Yeah. This is the tournament where I'm going to write some of the funner, wackier scenarios. You call all the shots. I got to say, I had way more fun at Core Comp than I did at either Adepticon tournament. And that's just because it was a little, it was it was smaller and it seemed like a little more family, a little more. More personal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's nothing against Adepticon. Everyone knows I had a really great time, no matter how bad I got beat. But this was just, I had way more fun doing the Core player comp. base is a little bit different. It's, yeah. it's more casual, it's yeah. more relaxed. It's more laid back. And like yeah. I said, you got wonky scenarios, which I, you know I love that stuff. So, Klaatu, Barada, Nikto, mm-hmm. that was the one. So Yeah. <laughs> well, talk to us a little bit about the, uh, I think you were, a f- well, Screw City GT was affiliated with uh, a local animal shelter. Yeah, it was affiliated, or was, is affiliated with uh, Critter Camp. Um, it's a local exotic animal shelter. Exotic animal shelter, okay. Yeah, basically what they do is um, they take in pets that are unadaptable. Um, They've got pythons. They've got ferrets. They've got a massive tortoise. I think they have tons of guinea pigs and rabbits. Basically, they'll take anything that isn't a cat or a dog that most people have a really hard time finding a shelter to take them in. Um, They're 100% non-for-profit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I believe they're the only one like this in the U.S. Wow. 
And so uh, we were able to raise 370 paper rolls of paper towels, which will last them about six months. That is outstanding. And what... And then we were also able to raise $1,213. Oh, my gosh. That's excellent. Wow. I mean, and the thing with Screw City and Core Comp, we don't run this tournament for a profit. Mm. Um, It's not something that we're about. For this tournament in particular, we want it to be bring your toy soldiers, Mm -hmm. come and have a couple beers, Let's go out to dinner. Let's have a good time. That's the kind of tournament that I want to run when I'm not running Adepticon. That's a tagging tournament I want to go to when I'm not at Adepticon. So that's something I want to do because I know people like that experience. And I don't know. To me, it's much more fun. You you hit it out of the park. I I think everyone had a great time. Everyone... uh... You know, ha- was able to bring big armies that they normally don't get to field, special characters and the whole bit, uncomped, which was great. Uh, well, hang out with people and everything. Leave the comp time. at the door, sissy. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 there was comp. Like, oh, that's right. It's worth a comp. Well, people were, let me rephrase, people were able to bring whatever they wanted. Yeah, right? the comp wasn't uh, wasn't any, in any way uh, directed towards door. list limiting. Yeah, no, none of that. But there was some limited comp scoring. Is that is that what you're referring to? Yeah, there was a comp score for this event. It, yeah, but it was very small. I think it was just five points out of the one hundred available. Out of all of them, and it was a simple que- yes or no question of would you play this army again? Mm. Voluntarily, play voluntarily this army again. play this army again. Now let me ask you a question. Um, there were only we said five people, five votes out of how many you said, Chris? Out um, of there were thirty six players. Thirty six times were asked five, five times so, one hundred and eighty. Right. So five out of one hundred eighty. Um, well, yeses. It's basically like what two and a half, three percent. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, That's too tough for me to do. One point eight, three point six. Oh, yeah. Look, look just, at the engine cranking. Yeah, the numbers. Two, about two and a half percent. Now. My question to you is, I know Relian got two. Did anybody else get two? No. His got hit the worst, but he only got two. He got two. So then there was three other people who each got one. Yes. Who Can wow. you say who those are? Do we want to talk about who those other people were or keep that kind of... Um, was there anything that was like really standout obvious, why they would have gotten it or anything surprising? Why were they, why they would have tagged Relian? Well, we all know why they tagged Relian. Yeah. Yeah. He, he admits that he brings the hard stuff. Not just because he's Relian, but it's just no. It's not because he's him. He but, brought I mean, a tough list. He really yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And he won't deny that. No, not a bit. No, which he's fine with. It's just he he knew coming in he was going to take a couple hits for it, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, but even then, your comp, I mean, your your comp is really light. I mean, five points total. So basically, out of you said thirty six people, so thirty two got five points, three. Got four points and Brad got three, so it was a, a, a grand right. total of a two point difference, right? In all comp, oh, so huh. yeah, not bad at all. So, do you have any theories as to what that says about this? Uh, I know Chris was talking about how there's a big to do over on some of the uh, forums about what this says about the need for comping things. Is it, is that uh, number about what you expected, or do you thought you, did you think it'd be higher or lower? The list that I was expecting to get whacked 
of those, three got whacked. But if you'll notice who didn't get whacked, we had two Kyroslis show up. Mm-hmm. Neither of them got whacked yeah. at all. Um, that is had, interesting. We had, oh, that uh, would have been hysterical if Brad and his wife got nailed. That would have just been like, oh, my God. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you could ever hit Andrea with a comp hammer. But you had two Kairos show up, no comp problems. You had some jerk bring Grimgore, no comp problems. Oh, that guy's awesome, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just there was so much stuff, and it's like the double terror guys list. We had two of them. Two of those. And neither of them got hit. Mm-hmm. So, but the stuff that did get hit, you could almost expect it. Um, you know, the net ogre list was one of them. Yeah. Um, and then the triple special character empire army with two uh, steel tanks. Oh, all the armor. I think it was all cavalry. It was all cavalry. Everything had at least a three plus mm-hmm. armor save, unless it was Balthazar Gelt. Oh, you know, I have to give it, that was Robert, one of our local players that made that list, and I have to give him credit for coming up with something uh, completely off the beaten path. Robert who? Uh, Lord, Robert Clemick. Oh, okay. Lord Goober is the screen name. Oh, okay. But, but so for an Empire list with three special characters all mounted. Wait, the, it, whole, the whole list was mounted or just the characters were mounted? The whole, the whole list. list was mounted. So it was a cav list yeah. with a couple of steam tanks. Mm-hmm. Damn, yeah. go for it, man. Yeah. That's going to be a small number of models, too, isn't it? But he rocked uh, it. I think he did pretty well. He went four and one with that list. Oh, Empire sucks anyway. Yeah, yeah he was doing yeah, all right. So there you go. It, yeah, it uh, doesn't seem to do too bad. I mean, top table was Empire with uh, Neil. He was on top table with his Empire. Good um, And Elsip, or whatever Elsbeth, her name is. Yeah, the Elsbeth, giant yeah, dragon. Oh, with the, yeah, with the dragon. You know, you did see, you I, at least dragons. I saw a lot of... Um, Choices that you normally don't see or would expect in a three thousand point uncomped environment. A lot of dragons, uh, a lot of the things that were off the beat, the beaten path. It maybe is part of that because you got three thousand points. I mean, at twenty four hundred, you might not. Well, a you might not be able to afford it, and b you have a lot of points to fill. All yeah, with three thousand points, like you know what, I could I, I can take this dragon and still take enough of the stuff that I can have a good strong list. I, it almost seems like, you know, at we, a lot of times we play 2,400. Yeah. I can take a strong 2,400-point list and a dragon. Right. You know? Yeah. So There's, that, there's that, that, that cool group, group of guys that brought the double giants. Oh, yeah. yeah Stinky those guys Pete are awesome. and, uh... <laughs> But here's the thing. Like, at 3K, you can afford to take the fun stuff. And who am I to tell you to not be able to play with the models that you have paid mm-hmm. for and put all that time and energy into? Amen, brother. <laughs> yep. Why? Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. I'm totally on board. So overall, do you think that the tournament ran pretty smoothly? Um, we had results done in ten minutes. Yeah, so you guys were woo-hoo. lightning quick. That's the kind of speed that we're used to. I mean, the Thank first you, year Depticon. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that the first year I ran a Depticon, we were done in fifteen minutes with results. Twenty. Twenty. Okay. <laughs> But the point is, um, for that many people to have results in 20 minutes and then for this turnout to have results in 10, that's the kind of speed I like operating at because, you know that's, what? That is the nice. The day, you're tired. We're tired. Mm-hmm. It's time to go home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and people like to know where they stand, you know. Uh, Get down. 
you know, debate their uh, their standings and everything, compare with their club mates and whatnot. So that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. Very cool. Were there any uh, during the course of the tournament? Tournament were there any uh, major rules questions or disputes that came up? And, and I know anyone who knows you realizes that if they come to you with any questions, rules questions, you always say, "What does the book say?" Right? Yeah. Were there any major rules questions or disputes that came up during the the weekend? Um. No, not really. Not that I can remember. Okay. Um, I mean, there was no gall rock against the tree man. We didn't have that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there weren't any real major things. But it's just when some, in my experience, when somebody asks a judge a rules question, 90% of the time it can be solved by looking in the book. They, they're just too lazy to look. That's the problem. Because yeah. the thing with rules judges is they shouldn't be called over for the easy answers because you're too lazy to dig your book out. They should be called over when there is a rules clarification question, not what does this rule say? Because you should know the rules for your army. You should know the rules for the game. It's when we have conflicts, that's when you need a rules judge. Right. Yeah, so, I think um, in the limited TO experiences that I've had, probably the most common question that I've fielded is, is this unit within the front arc of that unit? Yeah, because some a lot of us have gotten a little shystery about uh, finagling charges in the mm-hmm. eagle flock and <laughs> saber tusk flock yeah. and harpy flock. You get a pattern going here. Ooh, that cuckoo's going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, said like five times. Which is what that that the cuckoo just went off again. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I will try. No problem. No problem. It's okay. That's what we have a cuckoo clock for, so I can record it and put those where they need to be. Okay, good. Um, well, sorry. Let's uh, switch gears and talk a little bit about the uh, the scenarios. We don't have to go through uh, every one in detail because yeah, we actually yeah because we'll we actually about that yeah, we're going to cover our, them when, our, we, our when games. we when we cover the games. So, but, uh, how do you um, just to try to get inside your head a little bit? What's your process in thinking up these scenarios, and which one is your favorite? Yeah, what's your inspiration for these scenarios? Yeah. Tell, tell us how your mind works. That's a really scary topic to get into. <laughs> When I run a tournament, that first game, I want the edge to get taken off. So my first scenario is usually something really easy mm-hmm. right out of the book. And in, in this it, case, it was... Battle line. Battle line, yeah. Um, just to take the edge off, to get people comfortable, you know, take the jitters off, just kind of get people settled in mm-hmm. into a bit of a rhythm. It's not a complicated game, so people get their games done on time. They have a little extra time to eat lunch, which, as the fat guy in the room, I understand that eating lunch is important. Otherwise, you get really grumpy. Hey, us skinny guys need to eat, too. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's just like, as a player... Yeah, but you guys go ahead. eat to live. We live to eat. That's the difference. Amen, brother. <laughs> okay, yeah, true. <laughs> but, you know, the point is, it's like, you want to make sure you have enough time to get food in because you're not going to get a chance to eat for another two games mm-hmm. which in this case is another six and a half hours yeah, it's quite a while so i want to make sure you get a chance to eat go to the bathroom yep. do what you got to do the second and third one i try to make the most complicated so, so the sunday hangover doesn't hurt you so much ah. um 
So the second scenario um, is arguably my favorite scenario that I've ever put together, um, which is uh, the secret agent, mm. which has been played at every core comp tournament that I did. It only gets played at my personal tournaments. It doesn't ever get played at Adepticon. Now, why is that? How come not never at Adepticon? Um, 160 envelopes and keeping 160 people <laughs> honest. I don't know. I, you know, I think having played the scenario a couple times, I, I physical manual labor aside, I think a lot of people would really enjoy those scenarios, and it put a different twist on things, something they might not expect. Yeah, but I don't know. That's my original scenario. We may see it at Adepticon this year. So, and just and, for those who don't know, the secret agent scenario: there are six random objectives uh, that you put in envelopes that people don't get to open until they've deployed. Correct. Very nice. I like that one a lot. Yeah, my big thing is um, I actually got the idea for it from uh, Jeff Baxendale. Oh yeah, okay. The guy that originally put the idea into my head. And then I just kind of turned it on its head and said, okay, let's go. Mm -hmm. And it was actually John Wenger that reminded me to put the scenario in because I almost forgot about Ah, it. Interesting. Well, if it's only the envelope holding you up from putting that one into Adepticon, then, you know, you just need the the volunteers, right? (laughs) Ends the problem. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about the the volunteers for Adepticon in a minute. Uh, but back to Screw City, now that uh, the first year has come and gone, are there, do you, is there anything that you'd want to change or improve upon for next year? Maybe a different venue. Looking over the feedback that we were given about the event, mm-hmm. there were a couple of big, com- big things that came up. Um, we had a lot of flies down in the room, which when Carrie and I saw the room, mm-hmm. there were no flies. So Yeah, that was... Uh... That was a little annoying, but I was thinking about that the other day. You, that could easily be solved by just some strips of flypaper. Yeah, but... You know, done and dusted. Because actually, the event and the facilities, I quite liked. It was very spacious, easy to find, and easy to get to. Restrooms yeah, were right there. the big thing we didn't like about it is we were in the basement, and so it was kind of dark and gloomy. So we're looking into maybe doing it upstairs if we uh. do it again there. We got spoiled on Adepticon. If you've never been, the Adepticon fantasy events are all held in the junior ballroom at the West End, Mm -hmm. and two walls of that room are windows, and there is a lot of light. Yeah, that's a hard event to compare to. I mean, that is like the marquee event, probably, arguably in the world, for Warhammer Fantasy. Oh, you guys are way too kind to me. Well, it is. I mean, it's the biggest draw, right? You get p- yeah. players from uh, around the country. I played a guy that flew in from Australia in the championships last year. Yeah, so, you did. Yeah, you did. You know, you're getting global participation there. Yeah, but that's what we're spoiled on. If you've ever seen Inglorious Bastards, we all know it's bad idea to fight in a basement. <laughs> so <laughs> Only if you have flammable film canisters down there. That is true. But we'll see about... Uh, Maybe a different room or whatever. Some of the other feedback we got was not doing 3,000 points. Oh, really? I'm, I, I I quite liked it. But here's the thing. like You have the option to go to a 3,000-point tournament, mm-hmm. and then when you go, you say, do less points next time. What? Yeah, I, I don't agree with that at all. I, it's, people were spoiled here in the Midwest for tournament choice, so I like having that option to go to a 3K. Yeah, that's my thought on it, but we will see. 
Okay. Um, then the other thing, a lot of people complained about the lack of price support. Well, that oh, was really? one of the other complaints that kind of caught me off guard. Not to say that a lot of people complained about it, but we did lack get some complaints support. about it. So myself not having placed in any of the podium spots, where I, I know every best overall, etc., got a glass stein etched with the Screw City information on it. Yeah. Did they get prizes then in addition to that? The only one that got anything additional was the Sack Monkey. Ah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. For me, um, to to get the, the title and the recognition of winning said event, for me, is enough. To get a box of random figs is, is kind of a second. Well, uh, yeah, and we talked about this before. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very pro-trophies and not lots of lots of boxes of figures boxes because stuff, yeah. I think some people like there. People are complaining. You know, hey, I want stuff. You know, if you go to there to win a tournament, a trophy should be sufficient. I know in the UK that's primarily what they get. I'm a big proponent of that personally. I am too. Like winning a box of Ungor is nice, but I'd rather get the recognition. Well, who the hell wants Ungor? But right. yeah, <laughs> the point is, like with tournaments, especially ones that cost you forty dollars to play in, never mind anything else. And the price support is you get a mug that, you know, granted is nice, mm-hmm. but the point is it's the recognition. Right. It's having your moment in the sun to say, this is what I did. That recognition for a lot of players should be enough. Right. But you know what? If that's how you want to roll, that's your own thing. But at Adepticon, we give away, in my own opinion, way too much stuff. And I think huh. that's way I- too much a competitive edge on it, and I don't like that. Uh, I said that when we had this discussion because we were talking about the different prizes, and I just remember watching the last two years when the guy wins first place and gets handed a giant moving box full of prizes. I was like, right. damn! You know, it's funny, um, Alex. You know Alex Dikatenko. He's one of the uh, guys that we game up uh, here with, and I know you know him well. We talk about that, too, and he's placed fairly high in a couple of recent Adepticon events, and he'll I think he played second in the 3K event last year. Yeah, he did. And he got a whole box of stuff. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, I don't care about that stuff. I want to win overall. The box of stuff means nothing to me. Yeah. But there are people who, I mean, I, I know I'm from listening to other podcasts. There's guys who go to tournaments because I want to win this because I'm using tournament wins to fund my other army. And they're I going there for that, that reason. I can understand that. And but like that's said, your whole motivation for going. Well, you know, I'm not mine. I know that, but if the whole motivation for you to go to an event is to win stuff, to... To, to fund your next hobby project? I don't know. I, I can see the logic. I, I personally don't fall into that camp, but I can see why. I've won a few prizes from, I got, uh, at, from like UGG events and stuff, and I couldn't actually tell you what, because we got to pick you know X amount of dollars worth of GW product sure. in the store. I couldn't tell you what, what prizes I picked. Yeah. However... I could tell you right now, I have two little silver bunny rabbit models and two and two awards sitting on that wall that I got from Core Comp when I yeah. played, and those I remember and those I have, you know, and that to me those I mean they're on my wall right. they're in my hobby area. I have those certificates on my wall and those little rabbits. I know exactly where they are. Versus a uh, unopened box of Ungor <laughs> under your couch or wherever they are. I think that I actually like get pawned on eBay. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think I picked a box of some sort of something for Harrison, actually. He wanted some, I don't know, blood letters or some crap. And I, I mean, it, honestly, it, it, I don't, because it's 
once again, to me, that's not important. It's uh, right. to, to place, to get that little trophy, you know, to have a good time. So the, the, to me, the prizes are kind of secondary. If you want to do a, if you're going to do like a raffle and have a crap load of prizes for the raffle and you're going to get a bunch of support that Which way. Which is what they did. I mean, there was a mountain of stuff for the raffle. And, and that's cool. You know, I, I think that's totally cool because a lot of that money usually winds up going to charity anyway. And if you're raising money for charity, that's awesome. But uh, as far as just prizes for top three and best painted and best sports, I'd much rather have a mug or a stein or a trophy of some sort. You know, I tell you, the uh, I think one of the, my favorite parts of the whole weekend was when we all went out to dinner at, uh, what's that place Portillo's? called? Not no, Portillo's. Not Portillo's. <laughs> uh, the Machine Shed. The Machine Shed, yeah. Ah, that was another, uh, another screw reference. Yeah, yeah, down home or, cooking uh, or tool or tool. There you go, down home cooking. Uh, very good. That was a good time having everyone there. A nice, relaxed, casual meal. Now, yeah. I mean, I will admit that was not some like we were talking about it, but it was not something that I really was all gung ho about until I went to the Raj Podge. I mean, Graham, we didn't have a lot of guys go up to the Podge. Um, that was Raj's little tournament. You know, there was twenty of us, and Raj got a table for us at the restaurant attached to the venue, and it's like, that was nice because I got to talk with some guys that I don't normally get to hang around with from Wausau and Mm -hmm. everything like that. And it's like, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. That was, I think, my favorite part of the whole weekend. Well, I'm glad the tournament was so shining for you. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going back. Okay. Uh, Yeah. No, it's all good. Um, okay. I got a lot of feedback from that as like one of the highlights of the trip. So very cool. Well, one last question for you, and we'll let you go. Uh, just wanted to ask if, if indeed you are looking for volunteers for Adepticon 2013. Is that Carrie in the background? That was Carrie in the background. Um, the answer is yes. It's 2013, and yes, we are looking for volunteers. Do we have the exact dates for when it is? It's like the 18th. There, it's that yeah, weekend. Yeah, it's the 18th. Okay. Yeah, um, that weekend. It's that starting that Thursday because Adepticon is going to Thursdays now. Very nice. Yeah. Is there any specific um, role that you need people to volunteer for? Tournament judges. <sighs> Tournament judges. Either paint judging or just helping out with, particularly if you have a girlfriend that is coming with you and she doesn't mind uh, three hours of. Boredom followed by half an hour worth of well, busy work. Well, they don't work. have to hang out with me during the boredom. I, what I really need is someone who is willing to sit with me while people are uh, turning in their sheets, okay. especially after the last round, but really after every round. To help process and, data and input numbers. I put everything in. Okay. Because when I'm trying to collect them, make sure they're correct, and put everything in at the same time, it really slows everything down. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot to shoulder for sure. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Then, uh, if any of our listeners are out there interested in volunteering for Adepticon, what's the best way to go get a hold of you, Alex? Um, the best, Alec. Alex. Okay. Um, the best way to do it is to go through the Adepticon email, which is info at adepticon.org. Say you're interested in volunteering. I need people on all days, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, and Sunday. Oh yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. Um, I'm not at liberty to say the exact schedule of Adepticon yet, but there are changes coming. Intriguing. Yeah, to be perfectly honest, I am excited about Adepticon again. 
um, with the changes that we're making. I think what we're doing is arguably the best thing that we've done for Adepticon in the years that I've been helping with it. Wow. That's uh, intriguing to say the least. Uh, so when might uh, listeners expect a formal announcement on anything? As soon as we get everything set up, um, the schedule will go live uh, sometime in October mm-hmm. towards the beginning of November. That'll have the details listed. We just got all the changes approved through the council. And guys, I'm, I kid you not, I'm excited. Excellent. So, no hints, no spoilers, no nothing. Expect the entire weekend to get turned on its head. Is really what it boils down to. Okay, are we talking about Adepticon in general, or are we just talking about the Warhammer Fantasy tournaments going on? Both. Wow. Wow. Interesting. All right, well, I will definitely keep my ears open. The one thing I will tell you is that we are actually eliminating one tournament. What it is, I'm not telling you, but... War Machine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I'm not talking about eliminating an event. I'm talking about eliminating one fantasy tournament. Interesting. Big changes afoot. You guys have been busy. Yeah. I have my ideas. I won't won't voice them here, but I'll tell you off the air, Chris, so when it happens, I get credit if I guess it. Interesting. You guys can speculate all you like. I you not if you've not yet been to Adepticon. There's that darn cuckoo again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this podcast. If you've never been to Adepticon and you want to play... Four of the best days of miniature gaming that you will find, Adepticon 2013 will be the year to go, provided the world does not end. See, you're gonna, you know, I have a feeling if I'm right, he's making it very difficult for me to play with Christopher in the Mantic tournament as well. I'm trying to, I'm trying to spread out and play a couple of different things, you and I got tough f- decisions to make. Uh, huh? Yeah, to we're gonna make, sponsor. we're gonna force people to make some hard decisions, but you know what? It's going to be an absolute ball. That sounds epic. Yeah, it does, actually. Sounds epic. Excellent. Well, are there any um, announcements or shout-outs or anything else that you guys wanted to share? Um, one of the announcements we made at Screw City is um, we asked people to vote for a creditor camp on uh, Chase Community Giving. Okay. Because they were uh, running a contest, and basically whoever got the most vote- votes won money and it broke down from, I think, the highest was, like, 250000 uh, um, all the way down to, I think, some people uh, won five grand. But oh, wow. her camp was awarded $10,000 because of all the votes that they got, and they definitely got uh, more votes after Screw City. So we wow. definitely want to say, hi, uh, say thank you to everybody. Wow. That is excellent. So Screw City pushed them over the top uh, for some extra donations. That's excellent. Yeah, it was in it was a really successful weekend for the charity and I was glad to help a local charity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, build that, a community, right? Yeah. Make cuz like last year for Core Comp we did uh Susan G Coleman, mm-hmm. which, you know, great charity, they do great work, but you know what? The money that we raised is not going to make that big of a difference, mm-hmm. but to raise Twelve hundred dollars plus three hundred and seventy rolls of paper towels for this charity. That is a year-changing event for them. That is a major impact. I wow! Think, I think I heard. Did you just mention that they had enough paper towels to last them six months? Six months. Yeah, that's huge. And if you've ever been to the website, which is CritterCamp.biz, B-I-Z, um, the amount of animals that they have there 
is really kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these guys do great work for the animals that don't get a lot of attention. And I don't know. Excellent. It's a really good thing that we've done, and I'm really happy, and we'll be working with them again, I think. Yeah, you guys uh, definitely put together a great weekend, and hats off to the Warhammer community for uh, donating so much. Yeah. yeah no kidding. It was a great weekend, and next year we want it to be bigger. We want it to be better. Well, I don't know. You can count on both of us being there. Isn't that right, David? Uh, yeah, I got my fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to talk to Heather real early about this and get info back get, to get, Alex. Get but... clearance from the tower right away. Oh, Excellent. Yeah. Got to talk to the boss. Okay. Well, thanks for your time, guys. Alex, uh, yeah, carry on. Thank you both so much. Not a problem. All right. We'll and talk please to you be soon. kind when you guys do the battle reports. I know the scenarios were a little <laughs> this year. Cuckoo, man. No, I didn't have a problem with any of it. You're going to change your last name to Hastings. You keep talking like this, Alex. <laughs> you kiss your mother with that mouth. <laughs> I really don't kiss my mother. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, let's uh, transition before we get into a weird area. <laughs> Thanks again for your time, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Okay. Thank you, guys. Okay. Take Bye. care. Bye. And uh, folks, we're going to take a little break And then we'll be right back with uh, Grant will be here hopefully And we'll uh, we'll cover their uh, their games Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about Chances are, you're a gamer What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the Jerk Store and be one of the gaming elite, and visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only winning move is not to play. Folks, welcome back to the garage. Easy listening in the garage. <laughs> yeah. The boys went to Screw City GT. The boys being... Oh, uh, you guys, because I didn't go, but... <laughs> well, we, we have handsome man Grant Fetter here in the studio with us. <laughs> That's right. Grant is here. We promised Grant that we're going to record this segment and not cut him out like we accidentally cut out the, uh, the segment last episode. The segment where I talk about... Cheesy, the segment where I talk about him beating me, his ogres beat my ogre, or beat my orcs and goblins. <laughs> yeah, that's right, they did. For the record, thanks for throwing that in. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know where that segment went, and I had no reason to cut it out because it wasn't me getting my ass kicked. So I don't know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, we have to play one final game. Well, I know. Yeah, we're yeah, one and one with yeah. with our with our giants list. That's it. <laughs> So you we, guys went to Screw City, which was in Rockford, and Alex yeah. Gonzalez was the was the TO, the TO, and his wife Carrie. Very yeah. nice, yeah. And uh, by all accounts, it was an excellent, excellent time to be had by all. So um, 
Why don't you guys give me the uh, the basics, the rundown, because, oh, again, I wasn't there. Well, first, nobody really knew why it was called Screw City GT, but Rockford, Illinois, is the screw capital of the world and has the – they make – most of the, it's some ridiculous percentage, like 90% of the screws that we use in the world are 90%. actually Rockford brand screws. Oh, they come globally? from Rockford, Illinois. Yep. So they're known oh. as the screw city. I just thought it was, if you if you live in yeah, Rockford, not, you're screwed. Uh, <laughs> it's not something else. It's the, it's the industrial screws. It, it really is the truly screw city. Did you grow up knowing that? Yep. Because I walked up to the hotel lady and I'm like, yeah, screw city GT. And she kind of had this look on this face like, I don't know why it's called that. I had to tell her. I don't know. Probably not from Rockford. Probably not. Anything else we want to talk about first? I guess so. It's a three thousand points. Three thousand points. No comp. Yeah. And, but no Grand Army. That's no important. Grand Army. But it was pretty much bring what you want. Mm-hmm. No comp at all, including I think any any of the beasts from Tomercon. Is that what it was? Yeah, or, that or was any, an option. Yeah. You you could field warriors like you could field chaos dwarves in warriors armies if you wanted to uh, in their respective armies. Um, it was yeah. open to special characters of all types. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did have uh, there was a war mammoth there. One of the giant, that thing was the giant gigantic. chaos mammoths. Yeah, there was one of those there. It was pretty cool. In an all-mounted marauder army, really interesting. There were a lot of uh, themed lists there, and overall, I have to say the the power level of the armies was not as bad as I was expecting. I don't know. It was it was about split down the middle. Yeah, uh, you, you could really tell the people who came to win and the people who did not come to win. So it's uh, interesting. <laughs> but the person that took overall didn't have a very hard list. I would say that was an optimized beast list. You think? I think so. Well, you played against him, right? I didn't think it was a hard list at all. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did. We'll talk about that later. So. Okay. So, yeah. So, I I showed up first. um, It was a great venue. Um, A little rundown, kind of like the City Rockford itself, Mm -hmm. but. It was it was a nice venue for a Warhammer tournament. A little bit dark, a little bit dismal. Perfect for a bunch of gamers, you know. Right. Um, they they had us off in our own secluded. Uh, uh, it was kind of a <laughs> kind of it was it was like our own little little basement that we had. But it was really nice. It was like where you'd have a a wedding or something like that at it, and it was a really nice venue. I, uh, um, yeah, I, I really did like uh, the the facility. What'd you think? I liked it too. Uh, the only negative comment, I guess you can call it, is it had. A lot of flies that kept on attacking me uh, during the game. I just blamed it on the all Nurgle army that was there. That's my thinking, so, too. So, yeah. Should we talk about the overall scoring, the format they Sure. Had? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a win-loss-draw. So seven for a win, three for a loss, five for a draw. Uh, they used the Adepticon paint scoring sheet. Oh, sorry. The battle points were worth 50. The paint sheet, which was Adepticon scoring, was worth 25. The comp uh, was five points after each game. Uh... The opponent would uh, answer, would you voluntarily play this army again, yes or no? For each yes that you received, you got a point. Sportsmanship was, uh, was worth 20 points. So wait, your comp was at a total of five points. Correct. So you could be anywhere from zero to five. Zero to five, right. And so, only wait, now you were saying earlier that only five people answered no. Well, so they were talking about this before on the IWFB. Right. So each person was asked that question five times. At 36 players, that's 180 times that would you play this army again question was asked, right? And so Alex had talked about that. I don't know if you know this number, Grant. Out of all those 180 questions asked, how many times was no given as an answer? How many would you guess? 
<laughs> Five for Brad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Okay, that was not staged, ladies and gentlemen. Grant was. It was, it was, did you, well, you heard me say five, so you knew it was five? No. Okay, uh-uh. it, actually, I guessed 30. It was five. It was five. And I said, Was it really and five I said, for Brad? I, wow. No, no, was, no, no. no it oh, was okay. But two, I, two were for Brad. But as soon as you said, when, when he told me five, I go, well, was that Rellion? And I actually said that. <laughs> and now you show up an hour later well, and you were, say the you exact same thing. You were there to see his army. I looked at his army and I just started shaking my head. I said, man, that is everything you don't want to see yeah. when you face it off against the but, Skaven like army. I said, that's just damned funny that you and I said the exact same thing. So wait, so he wound up, he got three of the five, you said? He got two of the five. So his comp score was, so everybody else's comp score was five except for Relian and maybe two. There were, there were a couple others. I think Maybe Dom. Dom may have been hit once. I'm just the high dual, elf player, dual iron blaster. I know Brian Burmeister, the high elf player, got dinged once because one of his opponents just doesn't like ASF. See, wow. Okay. Even though his list is, was very soft. It was a star dragon list, two level twos. Yeah, See, you know. but that kind of thing, would you volunteer? Please go, I hate high elf, so no. That's not what the question's asking you. Right. Because if they ask that, I could just say, nah, I don't like ogres. Nope. <laughs> no, that's nope. the kind of thing you're going to get. You know? I, I don't like high elves either. But do you but do you mark no every time I, you play against? Him? I didn't mark him no though. So but that's what I'm saying. But so but what I'm saying is there were 36 players. So Brad got a three, mm-hmm. and that means that at least 46 other players got a five because there was only three other points that could yeah, be I lost. Think that's displayed on there. The scoring. It, well, it has, I didn't it has look a, at it. A comp column. But so I mean, basically, just about everybody got full points. The vast for majority that. did. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there wasn't a huge difference. So so. Okay, so nobody got as bad of a score as Brad then, because at least two other people got it. So ma- nobody else got a two. It wasn't just two people who got dinged. You just named two other people who took a point. Well, so. I don't know. We don't know who did. Oh, those are just guesses. Mm. I'm just saying. Burmeister did, yeah. Right. You know, Burmeister got one. Brad got two. So either someone else got two and tied Brad for I lowest. Think, uh, Robert might might have gotten hit. Clemic? Yeah. Probably. And for, we'll talk about his list. his list later. Okay. I could definitely see that, though. Okay, we're totally sidetracked. I just, I, I didn't realize when you said only five that that was the entire... That's the comp score. That was the yeah. entire comp. So almost everybody got full comp points. Right. Okay. All right. I think it's a good, I think it's a good thing to talk about, though, because of the, I mean, truly out of the packet, what's the total point value? 100 points. 100. So only five points or 5% is comp in this event. Okay. Um, so really, does it, does it matter? You know, in the first time, like, are you well, really? Sure it's matter, only going to matter because everybody else got a five. It's, it's only going to matter at the very top where one point will make a difference. Right, yeah. right. Um, and then, you know, so so you're making that decision, well, am I a good enough player to take a softer army and still do well? Still score well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then also, I mean, I think just our local... Oh God! The word meta. meta. Our, our local meta uh, really not only do a lot of people know each other, mm-hmm. but we just kind of understand. You know, nobody really thinks that it's kind of. Um, I, I think we've cheesed ourselves out. You know, <laughs> we, we know what all the cheese is. Our, our cheese is spent. Yeah, yeah. We we know what all the cheese is. We're yeah. not surprised to see cheese if somebody brings. Um, you know, when Brad brings mm-hmm. dual hell can- or d- dual hell cannons, uh. dual a bombs. <laughs> That's real you know. filth. If he's got hell cannons on top of everything else in his damn scaven list. <laughs> no, he had thirty gutter runners, two, two a bombs, two warp lightning cannons, two, and, and two gray We're totally teasing. We're totally teasing Brad here. But oh, let he, me ask you a question. It, Brad knows. Here's I love the thing. Him. Have you ever played against him where he brought a soft list? No, he no. doesn't roll that way. And he that's, will, that's not the game he, he plays. Tell he tells you that's, that's not what he plays. plays. 
I beat him. Uh, <laughs> with a soft list? I beat him with my uh, adeptic the, the same boy. That was a pretty the, s- the same list that Grant took out in twenty eight minutes. <laughs> pretty soft list. See, although he, historically Brad has had problems with VC. That's his well, bogey. Uh, and the thing is, he had no idea. He didn't realize what that mortise engine was going to do when I, it went man, off. That thing is nasty. I told everybody's like, ah, oh, it's not all that good. And oh. if it blows up turn one, you're screwed. That thing is bad, dude. I ass. got owned by that thing. I love that game. thing. But once again, I, I, this isn't about me. I'm just like making fun of Brad sometimes. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Brad. Mike, he's turning her. Is. He is turning her into a total. Turning her, right she that, is right in that. Filth she brought Kairos. We'll talk about him later. <laughs> Holy crap! All right, so let's get on to it. So, um, do you want to talk about the first scenario? Straight up battle line on this one. You want to go first, Brent? Talk about the scenario. Well, the scenario was just straight up battle line. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, sure. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and start first. Well, here, um, why don't we do this? Why don't you let us know what was in your list, and then we'll take it from there. All right, so you guys know how I like to do battle reports, if you've ever listened to an episode that I've been on. So I just kind of um, I, I kind of forget everything after the game anyway, so we're just going to go through a couple of things in the games. Um, so That's right, but, players. Grant doesn't care about you, your game, or your <laughs> army. I do. I he care cares about, about you. the win-loss beat record. You up and toss you to the <laughs> side. <laughs> no, Bring on I, the next one. I do care about you. So, I mean, you know, obviously it's one thing that is very important to me is to make sure that you're playing a game against somebody, you know, for two, to hear three hours, and you better know that person's name when they're, you know, by the time you're done with that, that's one of the things that bits why I'll call people out and I'll ask them, you know, win a prize if you could tell me all five of your opponents' first and last names. That's hard for me. I am the worst with names. It is the it is the one thing that... It's like I, you know, I when I, I have a mind like a steel trap, except for names. They just, it's like a sieve. You've got to do name tags. Well, it's worse when you have 150 different students' names to learn every year. I still got kids I call "Hey you." It's like five weeks into the year. That's what all my teachers called me. What does that mean? <laughs> Anyway, Grant, your army. So, yeah, okay, so so my army I took, um, uh, I would say it, it wasn't the fluffiest, but it also was definitely not the strongest. And when you get to, to a 3,000-point uh, uh, ogre list, you'd think there'd be some things that would definitely be in there, and there's there there wasn't in my list. So I did take um, a level 4 Slaughtermaster. Mm-hmm. I did take a level 1 Butcher with Beasts on it. Then I also took, and that's really just for the wild form. Sure. I also took a level. Oh no! Then I have a, a bruiser with uh, the BSB. Yep. Uh, my slaughtermaster was carrying a crown of command. Some things you just don't leave home without. So I did give him the <laughs> crown of command. I mean, nice. I mean that that really, and I would say that that helped me in in all of my games. Even when I was incredibly outmatched, he was still hanging around till the end there. Um, the then I had a small, a small well average size unit of uh, bulls ten uh, so ten bulls and then ten iron guts so no true star of any kind so ten of each of those I also had a, a unit of man eaters which I gave scouting and swift stride um, nice. I, I normally kit them out with something that's going to give them immune to psychology mm-hmm. but in this one I figured well there's seven of them. So they're going to have to kill at least two in order to give me a panic check. And then I, I figured I'd give them the gleaming pennant then. It, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. The re-roll. re-roll your first yeah. failed leadership. It's are only a five-minute banner. Are they leader eight? Then they're leader eight, okay. too. So um, they never, they didn't fail one. I used it every game. Mm. So it was a great uh, banner to insurance. give them. Yeah, nice. yeah. And it, uh, yeah, it was definitely 
definitely worth it. So um, I would say that was pretty much my beat stick, my seven man-eaters. I took a Thunder Tusk and then Dos Gigantes. Dos Gigantes. I don't know what that, that sounds right for Spanish. Two Giants. Two Giantos. Two Giantavos. And you had a number of saber tusks, too. Oh, I did have three, three. saber tusks. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, a, that's kind of a... Chaff. The obligatory chaff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was my list. What was nice. in your list, Chris? My list, I had the Grimgore uh, Horde list. So Grimgore was my general. I had a level four Great Shaman, level two Orc Shaman. Both savage. Well, one was a savage, level four. Uh, th- a horde of 39 Savage Orc Biggins with the shrunken head somewhere in there. Dual hand weapons. 39 Black Orcs. Uh, let's see, two Manglers, two units of uh, Wolf Cavalry, both with standards, uh, a unit of 50 Night Goblins with Nets, no Fanatics, and uh, Dos Gigantes. Dos Gigantes! I call them Badonk, and the other one is Donk. Badonk and Donk. Yeah! <laughs> so that was my list. Yeah, that huge uh, horde with Grimgore in it. Man, that thing, that thing is tough. That is a good time. It's so much fun just to push it forward. Weapon skill five. Yeah, Black hatred. Orcs. Hatred. Oh. Choppa are a great weapon. War shield and Choppa, take your pick. They're taking out Chaos Warriors. I mean, it's nuts. That was pretty tasty, as Ben Curry would say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got your filthy, filthy giant lists. <laughs> so who did you play game one? Game one I played against Dan... Ah, I never know if it's rude or rud. It's rud. rude. Oh, okay. Okay, Ravishing Dan Rude. That's what we're going to go with. Okay, so... So, uh, so played against him, Demons. We found I found out my matchup the night before, and I'm like, oh, my God. De- demons are always, like, my bane. Mm. We, we don't have a demon player in our group, and, uh, and I've never played an 8th edition against a Bloodthirster, and I know, I've seen his list before, he, he takes a Thirster, even in a, yeah, even yeah. in a lower list, so I'm like, oh, jeez, I, I don't have a whole lot that can deal with it in my army, yeah. I'm like, uh, what am I going to do? My plan was to give him, uh, try and get Giants in there, and get my Thunder Tusk in, to give, uh. to give him Always Strikes Last, mm-hmm. And then hopefully my my giants will thump with club or yell and ball right, or something yeah. like that and buy some time. <laughs> just, I'm just like, oh god, please. <laughs> Otherwise, that that bloodthirst is going to go through a giant. Go through like, a giant one turn, right? Right. right. Tissue paper, like crap through a goose. Or that too. So, so the way that it happened, uh, basically, um, he yeah. had never played. He, he played ogres once before. Once before, and did not quite know what mournfangs do. So, oh, I forgot. I have one unit of Mornfangs. I didn't. Uh, you guys were all probably going, "Oh my god, no Mornfang!" <laughs> Super soft. There were nine of them, but no, no. no. <laughs> you only had four. Right? One unit of four Mornfangs. And, right. Dan's list had the Bloodthirster, a couple hordes of Bloodletters, uh, the unit of Blood Crushers. Unit of Blood. Yeah, it's a big unit. Eight Blood Crushers. Um, he had furies. a unit of he had a unit of horrors with a yep. Zinch Shadow Wizard. I'm like, ah, oh, this is the first of many times that I fought against my least favorite lore. Lore Shadow, and no. yeah, I mean against ogres, it is just you know face breaking. Yeah. yeah, so um, so yeah, so really just the the game. Yeah, he had he still had a unit of flamers. I was kind of interested mm. um, in if he knew what the new rules were or how the did he? Uh, you know, and he did. He yeah. knew that they were there. He wasn't entirely sure what the difference was. He knew what the okay. yeah, but he really the the biggest difference is that they don't, don't shoot they, as well. They don't shoot quite as well yeah. anymore. Yeah. So I uh, and they're only strength four. I think in combat now instead of strength five. Right. So yeah. 
was able to get man eaters out on the on the flank on the scout. They were able to get a charge off on the flamers who he put in the building, so I was able to wipe them out. Um, but the key to the game was that I got a charge, a, a, a really key charge on um, from the front with the Mornfang and on the side with my um, gut with my horde of gut. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't really a horde, but. Horde of gut. Horde of gut. Uh, but it was a, you know, it was, uh, was bloodletter. Yeah, it was ten guts onto his large unit of fifty bloodletters. Yeah, I had the dragonbane gem on the mornfang, or the. I'm sorry, gosh, it's it's late. Dragon, um, not the dragonbane gem. The dragon the hide. Dragon banner? hide banner. Thank you. Okay. And uh, big difference. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. So I charged to the front with the mornfang, got the ogres in the side, and then the thunder tusk was able to march up. And crank sideways so that he could catch pretty much all of the the blood letters in the first Ooh. two ranks with the always strikes last. So, um, ouch! This is where it started. So, um, I beat that uh, horde of blood letters. Mm-hmm. The combat res after that was negative thirty two. Oh, no, no, negative twenty eight. Oh my god! Yeah. So no so, matter so what they he all rolled, popped. oh yeah, they all popped. All you hear is. Yeah, <laughs> and he was just ectoplasm flying everywhere. Right. Yeah. He, he kind of stared at me and was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh, ouch. So, so uh, yeah, and it was a, it was a a decent charge for the Mornfang, but on the side, oh, yeah, they did the, okay. The guts made a pretty long charge, so it was it was a little bit of luck on my side there that that happened. And then the Bloodthirster, I was able to to get into a position where he really couldn't. He couldn't charge. He couldn't make any really good charges um, on Denny. My, I avoided getting into combat with the Thurster until the final turn of the game. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's really it was a win to me. Yeah. Um, got the uh, got pretty much everything except for the Thurster and two Blood Crushers. I think were left at the end of the game. After other than that, I got everything that he had. Was yeah. he was he aggressive with yeah. the thirster right yeah. out the gate? Uh no, he was trying to kind of flank, come down the flank, uh, take right. advantage of getting a, into a flank charge, right. but he didn't. He never. We only got through because we got into the nitty gritty so quick. Yeah. In three hours, we only got through four turns. Yeah. So huh. I mean, but but it's just because I don't think any of us were really playing slow. It was just. Mass combat. Got into it right, you know, yeah. turn one or two and just started rolling tons of dice. And, um, yeah, we, I mean, we both thought about our movement phase a lot. So sure. that was a win to me. I got max points. Nice. And the extra points were for, do you remember what it was in that scenario? To, let's see. Having your general across the center line at the end of the game. Yeah, so I had my general across the center line at the end of the game. I actually wound up for the last couple of turns just running away from the bloodthirster. So I oh, kept him okay. for the last, I, <laughs> I think the last turn, he they ran away and turned around. So nice, nice. There we go. That was my game one. Excellent. Well, my game one, I played against a gentleman by the name of Ryan Letzer. This is the guy that had one of the twin Terrorgeist VC lists. Sparkly vampires, Sp- right? Sparkly one, yeah, exactly. Uh, he had the Coven Throne, a bunch of a lot of characters, Hex Wraiths, uh, Black Coach, four hordes, two skeleton, two zombie. So basically, this game this game came down to my savages charging or getting charged. Sorry, by the Coven Throne, uh, a horde of skeletons, and or something else, something else uh, charged, but I forget what. And uh, that 
coven throne, man. We rolled off, right? I rolled a one. He rolled a six. Uh-oh. I think, and I thought, oh, I'm in trouble. That thing it makes my unit attack itself. Yeah. And that be- counts towards oh, combat, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I, that's when I took it to bits. Every time I got it into combat and I rolled, yeah. it was like the guy who rolled uh, rolled against me would like roll a six. I beat him by like one. So, no, he, was so just- he, he got the full benefit on this one. So I attacked myself. Didn't get any combat res, and I broke. So this is my Savage Horde with two Shamans and my BSB. I escaped getting run down by an inch. I think he had three units in that combat and just escaped. That Coven Throne on a higher points game, I would definitely take it again and just start throwing it at big big units of stuff. Yeah, that don't nasty. have. Yeah, because, it, it, I mean, it's all dependent on a really good roll mm-hmm. for that one little gimmick. But if it works, yeah, Swordmasters killing themselves. Oh, you, you do awesome. one attack against yourself. Yeah, with, yeah. that's all it takes. You know, I, sort of, I roll that thing up against the Mornfang. You know, let them do one yeah, attack yeah, against yeah, themselves. Sure. You know, but it's great against low toughness hordes. I oh think yeah, it excels at that. Oh yeah, because as you suddenly your combat race is a bajillion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I luckily escaped getting run down by an inch, like I said, and then this is where Hand of Gork came into play. I Hand of Gork that unit out of harm's way into a good position where they can charge something else. I Hand of Gork the uh, Grimgore's. Uh, black orc, black orc horde unit into his backfield, and basically took down uh, one of the hordes. Uh, he, it's funny, he charged the savages with his black coach, and I used my shaman with the uh, here we go spell and the fist of gork okay. to take out the black coach in one turn. So I was, really, I had six. A big beefy shaman took yeah, out the black yeah. coach. Wow, he had six strength, <laughs> six attacks, rerolling to hit, and okay. just popped it. I just I picture him getting these big no. giant green glowing fists like in right. the like, mask. Remember the mask yeah, movie yeah. with Jim Carrey? Like just that <laughs> big, big kind of green, or maybe the Green Lantern. Whenever you see Those, him having yeah, the giant green fists, fist. <laughs> just punching it. <laughs> and it, it, had go, it had gone ethereal, but their magical attack so nice. right through that. So cool. Pop that. So that was uh, pretty much the game there. Uh, I hate when you learn tactics against my army. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I was torn. Is, is the shaman combat Is he not? I gave him the fencer's blades. And these spells, The orcs, a lot of the orc spells are short range, but they're combat buffs. So in this case... How, do, how did you take care of the terror guys? The terror guys, he used to fly them around and take out my mangler squigs. Nothing I could do about that because he outmaneuvers me. But in doing so, one, he left out in the open and got countercharged by a wolf chariot. Oh, that's the other thing. I had two wolf chariots. He, he got countercharged by a wolf chariot and a unit of a calf. Okay. I rolled max impact hits, and that brought it down to like a wound. Yeah. And then the, the cavalry came in. and I think That's kind of what there. happened to you and I that night, that y- you flew him in to get that, that good scream, but then he had just kind of left him open for... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it seems like you really have to kind of... You almost have to, as long as you're playing somebody who doesn't have cam- cannons, hold those terror guys back and, yeah, right. you know, fly them in your, more at an opportune time. Kind of snipe. I think. Yeah, right. I've absolutely not learned how to play with that thing yet. I just... I, you can't rush it. You have to pick your spots. Yeah. You have six turns to use it. If you're only screaming three or four turns, but there are smart target selections, that's that's fine. I don't think you have to use it turn one. Oh, Dave, with a lot of practice, you can get pretty good at playing with your thing. Thank you. <laughs> that's what you said. In the past, I had no future. Presently, I can look forward to one. So that was my game against Ryan. Uh, full points there. Uh, tough game, but, you know, hand of court saved me on that one. Cool. Well, um... I guess with the intro of this, time for break, and then we'll hit uh, rounds two and three.
for all you gamers out there. Blood in the Sun 3, Enchanted Under the Sea. June 22nd to 23rd, 2013. A two-day Warhammer Fantasy Battle Tournament held just outside of Chicago, Illinois. Meet players from around the country, compete with armies of all types. Blood in the Sun 3, Enchantment Under the Sea. For information, go to bloodinthesun.com. I'm just calling to apologize for Johnny Hastings and his vulgar language, as well as Brelian and his vulgar language. This is the handsome man calling just to uh, apologize again. And uh, is that Dave? Dave, we love you and your... Is that handsome man out? Is your ambassador? It's tournament, bro. Man, no, Chris is here, but he's a slave here because I don't see that much around right now. Sleeping in his bed, probably got a surrounded by babies right now. He's got a baby. Got like like baby action going on. Something with blanket. No, it's him and I think he's sitting with with Greg. Please, they're cuddling. Have a good night, babe. Welcome back, listeners. It's time for Garage Hammer. Rounds two and three of the Screw City GT coming at you with Handsome Man Grand Federhead, the U-Tang. So, hope you're enjoying the show, and uh, back to the gaming. Here we All go. All right, guys, so uh, round, round scenario two. two. So, scenario, this was uh, Blood and Glory, so your deployment zones are a little bit further in. Uh, this is also what Alex calls the secret agent scenario. So he'll, at the beginning of the game, he'll give you a little sealed envelope. Each person gets one. Uh, I think you deploy, and then you read the, what the envelope says. Yeah, these envelopes are not to be opened until after deployment is completed. There are six different objectives. Uh, one is um, having at least two fortitude, fortitude in your opponent's deployment zone at the end of the game. The second one is the enemy general must be dead or fled off the table by the end of the game. Third one is your general must be alive and not have fled off the table at the end, at the end of the game. Number four is mage hunter. You must kill at least half rounded down of your opponent's magic users or anything that can generate power to spell dice or channel. Uh, the next one, the fifth one is morale. You must capture at least two standards from your opponent's army or kill the enemy BSB by the end of the game or have them flee off the table. And the last one, body count, you must destroy or have flee off the table your opponent's unit with the most models in it at the beginning of the game. Okay. So there's quite a bit there. Um, mine was the body count, so I had to destroy my opponent's largest unit. Okay. So And uh, so who what did, who'd you wind up playing? Well, I played, uh, you know, the Conesy with the most from Whisper <laughs> uh-huh. Dice. Conesy! Conesy! So he was rocking Dark Elves, Lore Shadow, Dual Hydra, No Cauldron, but Unkillable Dreadlord, etc., etc. Okay. This game basically came down to my Savages char- getting charged by his Spears and two Hydras. Okay. Holding. We're each trying to magical buff and, and debuff the other guy, hex the other guy. Well, I ended up uh, 
winning that combat okay. and breaking those units. But I didn't catch his Spear Horde, which was his biggest unit, which was my secret objective. Oh. So, but a couple of funny... Wah, 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 yeah, wah. I didn't get it all game. But a couple of funny things that happened. My goblins were set up across from his unkill, unkillable Dreadlord. Please tell me they killed the unkillable Well, I tried to charge him because if I could tie that guy there, that's fine. That's what I want. He ended up fleeing that combat because he doesn't want to get tied up by goblins. And then a subsequent turn, he failed to rally. And ran off the board. The killable flew off the table. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Not unkillable, huh? Even better. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Run away! Would you willingly play that one again? Yes. I would, yeah. But that game result ended up being a draw. Oh. We came down to... Uh, you know, less than 100 points in a 3,000-point game. Nice. And neither of us got our objectives. <laughs> but heads off to Conzie. He played a good game. All right, Grant, round two. Conzie always plays a good game. Yeah, I've uh, played him twice before. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to play him yet. So, Yeah, he's he knows what he's doing. So, round two, I played against another new player, somebody I'd never played before. This is uh, Michael Geller. He's actually a local Chicagoland gentleman. He um, uh, he was rocking the Warriors. He had a, a Sorcerer Lord on a Manticore. Hmm. And that was the first time, I think, that I've ever seen that Manticore model in person. What'd you think? And so many people say that it's a model. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I can bleep it. I, I, in fact, I did bleep it. Nobody heard it. It was bleeped. <laughs> so many people say it's a crap model, but uh, is that okay? Yeah, I don't know that's, that's fine. Okay. That's yeah. fine. But I thought it was great. I liked the model, especially when I saw it uh, painted up. And I mean, it, it's, it's an okay model. I thought it, it, it looked pretty nice. Anyways, the game. So uh, his list, he had a Sorcerer Lord on a... Uh, on. And of course, he's shadow. Oh. Oh, more shadow. <laughs> so, so more shadow, uh, and he's on a uh, on a manticore. And then he kind of had a little bit of a little bit of everything. Um, he had a unit of Nurgle warriors, a unit of uh, Nurgle knights, a unit of Zinch warriors, a unit of Corn warriors. Each of these units are twenty twenty big. Um, 20 strong, and then he had a big unit of Chaos Marauders, 33, with um, with Wolfric. So he took oh, Wolfric. Wolfric. Yeah, you, yeah, you're I, a guy. You used to run Yeah, I used, to, I used to run Wolfric quite a bit, and um, so luckily for me, Wolfric did to him what he always used to do to me. And which is never not, show up. Not show up until <laughs> turn four, which really, uh, which really helped. Yeah, he's too busy drinking with the guys on the ship on Seafang or whatever its name is. But, is he on a ship? Is that his Yeah, it's, that's a Seafang. Oh. He, he, he I think that that's the ship, not a sword. Anyways, uh, somebody out there in Fluffland can correct that's a that. ship, a sword. You're both right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's got to be some scabbard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, great. Back googly to the googly. That's what she said? I don't, oh, oh, no. oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I just went from bad to worse. <laughs> yeah. Stay on target. Stay on target. Okay. So, um, so really, this, this game, I had the, we actually both had the same objectives. We didn't tell each other it was secret objective, but it was, uh, the third one, it was just make sure your general is alive at the end of the game. Oh, that's, uh, oh, and you so both easy. got it, so then you both oh. just avoided getting your generals oh, well, stuck in, or? No. So, <laughs> no. Well, when I've got my, you know, my my slaughtermaster is my general, and he's got the crown of command, oh, so he so kind of has sit there all to. Day. But but what I can do is is with the unit with full command, put the bruiser 
in the front rank and then put the slaughtermaster in the second uh, rank. Right. So you uh-huh. can't you can't attack him unless you get him on the flank there and hmm. and touch him on the side. I guess technically I could put him in the middle in the in the second rank too. I don't know. Yep. You but, could. Yeah. So yeah, you I mean this was just exact, exactly exactly what you would think an ogre. Uh, an ogre and warrior slugfest would be meet in the middle. And yeah, meet, chop it meet up. up right in the middle and chop it up. But the I, I would say the most exciting dance was um, he left a little room. So I, I got my man eaters out on the flank with the scout. So I, I got it behind his line, over mm. next to his knights. Finally, I got a. Um, it, it was a choice of either he charged me or I was going to sandwich him with a double charge and. Now I remember there actually being a sandwich, so I don't know if I held and then somebody got him in the rear. Wow. Six sound bites from this. But yeah, the, the knights went down. I was pretty happy about that. The other turning point for the game was, was my Thunder Tusk again. He lobbed a snowball, that template that he does, yeah. at, right on the general's head and killed him. His, his, uh, wow. Yeah, his, his general on, on the, the manacore. manacore. Yeah. And then the manacore frenzied after that, so. Because he's wow. frenzy with a leader five. Lucky shot. So, yeah, it was just a lucky shot. Strict six, D3 wounds. Rolled the six. He failed his ward. I rolled three Oof. wounds. <laughs> yeah. So that was a win to you, Grant. Though. That was a win to me. I got max points again with the double giants. Woo! Nice. So scenario three. This was a simple uh, fortitude uh, per the uh, BRB. So setup was uh, per blood and glory. And this one has some really wonky rules. During your deployment, place your general in a unit. They cannot leave it for the remainder of the game for any reason. At the end of any phase that the general unit general's unit suffers a casualty, roll a d6 for each casualty. For every six rolled, return one model to that unit uh, at full wounds if it's a multi-wound model. If a model is returned that way, the unit now causes fear. If the general is killed, roll a d6 at the end of the phase. On a 5-up, the general comes back to life with one wound remaining and now causes terror. Any other character in the unit can come back with with one wound on the roll uh, of a 6 and causes fear. Once the general dies and stays dead, the unit loses these special rules but still causes fear. What was the name of this scenario that you called it? What is dead may never die. It's basically everything's coming back as zombies and then they cause fear or terror. Right. Okay. The major objective was you will earn one major objective point every time you kill your opponent's general up to a maximum of three. God, see, that's that's crazy. It is crazy, but you know Alex likes to do these kind of weird. Yes, he does. It's, it's some of the fun that it's some of the fun of his tournaments, though, is that he. It is. Yeah. So I don't. Grant, do you want to talk about this one first? I, I was pretty under the weather by this point during the day. I was. Really excited to play um, Mike Gerald, who had won bits last year, and all around probably one of the best Warhammer players I know, really. Um, no offense to anybody else out there, but I really felt bad for not giving him mm. uh, a better game. But uh, he was playing Warriors of Chaos. Um, he plays a very uh, different Warriors of Chaos list from what most people take. He, he does take one big unit of Warriors, not even Chosen. Uh, but then, and, and he takes one hell cannon. He takes a lord on disc, and then he had a level four of death. Hmm. And then everything else was chaff. I mean, uh, there had to be six to eight units of warhounds. So is he doing the one, uh, another giant unit of marauders? 
is he doing the Hell Cannon leadership bomb? Is that one of his strategies? I think that's probably one of the strategies. I think um, it seems like Doom and Darkness is one of his favorite mm-hmm. spell. I would say over just about any of them. I mean, Doom and Darkness and and Soul Blight, and he didn't roll Purple Sun, which I was oh. I was thankful for as well. But he still he still handed this game to me pretty readily. He got in my face the first turn. He didn't see the man eaters scouting like they did. Mm-hmm. And so he actually left me an opportunity to get my man-eaters into the flank. His hell cannon, turn one, failed his leadership, turned around and rampaged after my man-eaters. Um, wow. Man, that hell cannon being unbreakable, it stuck around for like uh-huh. two more comments. How's it feel? Yeah, <laughs> take that. <laughs> that thing's crazy. I hate those things. So, I was walking through the forest, found two hell cannons, decided to go to war. That's my kind of fluff right there. <laughs> so What else are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, he just, he really just, just outplayed me, got, got into my face right away. Like I knew as he was, he's, he, you know, he puts those wolves out there. It's just yeah. nice, juicy targets for me to, to come after and then gets the opportune charges off a, after me. So is I, he I counter-charging you? Uh, yeah, once count, you counter-charging okay. once you make the charge and whether you wipe him out and overrun. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what, the only way I'm really going to, he's just going to keep doing this to me. The only way for me to really win is if is really by luck, and if I charge, if I go ahead and charge them, and with my uh, Mornfang get the overrun off, mm-hmm. and uh, and with my bulls and everything, and basically um, that exactly did not happen. Char- uh-huh. Basically gave my you know gave my big uh, my big charge, all my units charged, got into his chaffy dogs. Mm-hmm. When it came to the overruns, it was all fours and fives, and and really, ah, so ouch. I was just left out there hanging to be charged by these giant blocks. So, and so is that is the difference then the impact hits you would have gotten if you had overrun and hit? Well, I, I think impact hits is a big thing. Also, um, you you get the impetus of your magic. As well, sure. So me having a lot of buffs would have really helped me out against those warrior blocks. Him getting the charge, having the first round of combat on his turn with his those buffs, phase. his yeah. magic phase, being able to kind of dictate what's happening. I mean, my again, my my unit of iron got stuck around for quite a while because mm-hmm. of, I had the crown of command mm-hmm. in there, but he was able to whittle down enough of my other units that he could get get kind of the pinch on uh, them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we ended the game. I think it was blood and glory. So this was truly blood and glory. Mm-hmm. So he took out my BSB, and I think it's when he took out my BSB because he never killed my general. He took out my BSB, and that brought me down to fortitude. Ah, okay. So I only had I think three you could have, and I had my man eaters left, and my general, and that brought me down to fortitude. What was your fortitude at the beginning of the game? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 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 I think actually this game, this game, my Mornfangs actually went for that next turn. They were going to take a charge, and I decided to run because I wasn't going to be able to take that charge. And I forget what it was with that he was charging me with, but um, I was like, you know what? You're just going to kill me anyway, so I'm going to try and run, try and turn around, reform. And, of course, two two turns in a row, even within the general's leadership, they run they off the back the of the board. Oh, yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Man. ouch. Hey, it happens. Warhammer, right? Exactly. So what about you? You uh, you played Kevin Bruins and his Beastmen, which he calls the Beast, Cultist, and Mutant, Mutant Unite list. This was a very interesting game. I called this the, the Battle of the Chaff. Okay. So that you know how I like to play Warhammer, right? Deploy my... I had eight chaff deployments. Right. 
I put all eight out there. He's still bringing out like harpies and little things. I'm like, oh my god, how many things of chaff do you have? He had eleven. So he outchaffed <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, totally outchaffed me. I mean, listen to what he has. He has uh, two Tuscor chariots, two units of Ungor raiders, five each, unit of harpies, Razorgor, Razorgor, Razorgor chariots, a Gorgon, Gorgon. <laughs> and he has just the two blocks. He had the, the herdstone, which he had the uh, an Ungor herd by. He had this big block of uh, gore with his BSB in there. And uh, this was an interesting game because... Did he have the flying doom bull in this he one? Did, yeah, he did, yeah. Flying okay. doom bull on the carpet. That thing was nasty. Oh, man. He moved everything up, and he played kind of a similar thing that Mike uh, Gerald did, is like kind of move things up and offer me a, a charge. So I took the charge with a chariot into a gorgon. He flanked it with the doom bull and overran, giving his doom bull's flank to Grimgore's black orc horde. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll take that charge all day. I charge in. I got countercharged by a Gorgon, a Chariot, and his Gore herd, and I, I couldn't take that kind of punishment. So Grimgore's unit broke and ran, and he killed him. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's my general's unit. Am I done here? This being a fort- the Fortitude scenario, I was still pretty good in Fortitude. He only had the general, the BSB, and the one block, so he was only sitting at four Fortitude. Okay. So Hand of Gork, once again... Hand of Gorked, my savage unit behind his uh, herd, subsequently charged in the next turn. He fled. Hand of Gorked again, right one inch behind him. So he rallied and turned around because he was so close he couldn't afford to flee again. Right. The goblins eventually got into the flank along with a giant and a chariot and eventually took out that unit. So oh, Hand of Gork saved my bacon, despite Grimcore being killed. Um, did, you win, did you win this one? I, I did win this one. Nice. But it was such a cerebral game. One of the best games of Warhammer I've ever had, period. It was so much fun, kind of the move, counter move, kind of figuring out what he's doing. And I tell you, his list was just brutal. All the power dice that he had, he had uh, a level 4 on death. He had a level 1 on shadow, another level 2 on beasts. And oh, and they're all near the herd level, stone. Another oh, level 1 yeah. on shadow. So he just kept on casting spell after spell. De- talk about death of a thousand cuts. All these spells. So, yeah, that was tough to weather. One funny thing that happened was one mangler shot through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't finish well, it. Well, sorry. Well, listen, it is pretty funny. <laughs> okay. Went through, <laughs> hit his gore herd. Smart ass. <laughs> hit the doom bull and hit the gore and wiped out uh, both of those. So. Oh, nice. And another thing, on the other flank, he, his other gorgon lined up against my drunk giant. We squared off. He charged me but failed. I charged him, got in. He did some damage to me. The giant rolled yelling ball. He rolled an 11 on his 10 stubborn roll. The giant ran down the Gorgon. Nice. Good times. A drunk giant puking all over the place will make anything run away. Yeah. And his army is so heavily converted. That Gorgon that he had, I forget what model. I think it's a Forge World model. Okay. It's just gigantic. This huge claws and this huge gaping mouth with these teeth. Totally dwarves the giant, so it looked kind cool. of funny. That uh, I don't think it was Forge World. I think he said it was. It was either like Titan Forge or, or maybe Ultra Forge. Is that what it was? Super Forge, I Mega Forge, one of those. Yeah, I don't know, but very. It's definitely an alternate. Gadzooks Forge. Yeah. Yep. So great, he was on this. Bo- it was on a body of the Stonehorn. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. The Gorgon was on the body of the Stonehorn. Yeah. Man. So yeah, good. Uh, that was a win to me, but Kevin went on to win best overall. So. So you. You beat the guy who got best overall. That's my little claim to fame. There you go. Nice, nice. But uh, great game. Okay, so what happened in round four? Rounds four and five had the box, the 18-inch square in the middle of the table. 
All right. In this one in particular, you had to have the most fortitude. I think that's right. That's round five, it says. Round four. Oh, okay. Your general has to be in the box at the start of turn three. If he leaves that box for any reason, then you lose. Oh, wow. So this this one, Alex said that he got from, he kind of borrowed from War Machine, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually kind of how it felt. It was, it was you really had to go for the cast or kill here. Because once yeah. the general was dead, he couldn't be in the box by the end of turn three. And... You, you, you win, win the, game. the game. So it was really just kill the other person's general. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, we were just setting up, and two people walked in behind us and turned into a score sheet. We're like, what? You're done already? How did that happen? Uh, I guess um, some Kent Rector was playing against someone with a bloodthirster. I think hit it with uh, some shooting or something. He filled his ward. Dead general. Game over. Jeez. <laughs> like five minutes. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, so how did your game four go? <laughs> Well, my game four was against uh, Brian Burmeister. He's a uh, he's a high elf player, renowned high elf player. Yay, high elf! Yay, ugh, high elves. <laughs> and I walked up and I'm like, oh my god, please don't tell me they have shadow. Guess what? They, they had, had they life. Had life. <laughs> so, uh, my second least favorite thing. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't win. You know huh? what I hate? You know what lore I hate? Any lore my opponents got. Pretty uh, much, pretty if you much. got magic and you're throwing well, it at me, I'm so unhappy. When I was when I was learning my ogres, I used to play. Chris with his high elves mm. and the first three games that we played, <laughs> Dwellers. he dwellered my general <laughs> off the, you know, by turn two. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God. So so he gets dwellers. But I felt like it was going to be really challenging because it is he his general was a elf lord on a star dragon. Which you never so see. He, you, you never really see, but it, it made him really maneuverable. Mm-hmm. The, the whole model did have to be in the box you couldn't yeah. have the, you couldn't have a portion of the model outside of the box so i tried to play that to my advantage and since he had such a big base really hold the back uh, he had the best of the best i mean he had uh, i think 30 to 40 white lions mm-hmm. 30 to 40 sword masters both in horde formation um, he had another big unit of elf spears. He had the the star dragon, two level 2 life mages. Okay. And then I think he had a unit of archers and three eagles, if I recall. Oh, yeah. Oh, and he had a BSB on an eagle as well. Oh, that's right. Which was yeah. really, really interesting. I've never seen anything like that before, um, which he just zipped him right down the flank and then, mm-hmm. you know, turned at a 90-degree right. angle right into my flank, which was ah. was pretty key. He... um. So I did something for this game that I've never, ever done before, and that's run my butcher with the Hellheart all by himself. He's tough five. You know, his uh, his arrows are kind of on the other side of the board. He might be able to hit me with some. Mm-hmm. i tell you what, I'm just going to, and there's a, a house right there. So I'm like, I'm just going to run, put my butcher down by himself, run him at the house, and, you know, pop him in there the next turn. And then that extends the range for the Hellheart, sure. putting me within 10 inches of his mages. Ouch. So he didn't see that coming. <clears throat> um, so I wouldn't I, have either. I wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. Both of them rolled uh, for their miscast, that where they each take a strength six hit, right, and Lose. killed one of them because he took two strength six hits, and then the other one took one wound. Okay. So just with the hell heart, I did one wound to one level two mage, and then oh, killed the other one outright. 
Ouch. Does that make sense? Each of them rolled like a nine on the yeah, miscast right, charge. Right, yeah. So, so, so each caster two, takes yeah, damage. Each, and then, yeah. of course, it drained his magic pretty much, so he wasn't able to use magic that phase. He kept running away from me, those cheesy elves. Every time I'd charge, he'd just, oh, I'm going to run. I made a, I made a gigantic mistake, uh, and that was I wound up moving forward and leaving a spot right behind me. Huh. Like, oh no! Now I'm never going to be able to get this. You know, the star dragon is going to be in the, right. uh, you know, in in the box. And you can't. You never going to be. You, you know, it's going to take me a turn to turn around. Uh, by then, he's going to get his sword masters of rear mm-hmm. charge. Like this is just awful. So, um, the only thing I had was a thunder tusk. Okay. That could charge him. So he's like, no way is he going to. You know, thunder tusk is not good in, in combat. So the thunder tusk. Charges him in the flank. Hmm. All right, charges the star dragon in the flank, and that magic phase I get regen. Oh, that's killer. Plus one toughness Ooh. and stubborn off on the thunder wow. tusk. Um, and I, I minimized. I just rolled one or two dice for each one. Got them all off. I think he blew. He blew all of his dice on on some bubble mm-hmm. um, earlier in the phase, so I was able to get all the rest of those three off. Ooh. And um, that right there. So, so the first round, he did no wounds to my Thunder Tusk. I beat him in combat by three. He has the BSB in range, fails his first roll, second roll, he makes it. I'm like, oh my gosh. But then he rolled to reform, failed both of his rolls. Oh. So, or no, no, no. He couldn't reform because if he reformed, a part of his base would be off uh, okay. the, the the square. Does that make sense? He'd be out of the box. So, um, in the meanwhile, I charged his other uh, big unit of spears with my giant, got the pickup end, mm-hmm. and stuffed his last magic user in my pants. Nice. <laughs> and then Did got you give to, him a bag of nuts. Then got to pick up another one and uh, uh, pick up his champion, shove that in my oh, in you my got pants. Two? Yep. Nice. And then thunder stomped and rolled a six. Beat the unit and ran down the unit. Wow! In too. So my giant finally did something. They really never did anything else in the in the tournament, but in one one game he did something pretty pretty sweet. That's pretty good. So um so yeah so so next round uh, fought the dragon in combat again. Mm-hmm. He couldn't. I mean, because at this point, I mean, yeah, he's hitting me, but he's always strikes always strikes last. Counteracts the sure. ASL. Yeah. And the dragon then is always strikes last. Right. Um. I got I'm toughness seven with a four up regen. Ugh, that's rough. And uh, he just he couldn't wound me. He'd do like one wound to me, and then yeah. I'd get one maybe two wounds on him on the dragon. Star dragon's toughness seven or strength seven. Strength seven, toughness six. But uh, only seven but, attacks. But the what's that? Only seven attacks. I think seven attacks. Yeah. Or maybe six. Just do. Sure. I mean, so do the math. I mean, mm-hmm. you need fours to wound, and then I get four right. regens. I mean, even if he he was, I think he maybe did one wound to me at one point. Right, but you're but gonna I saved around. most of my regens. Yeah. yeah so, um, ran him down the next round, and I Ouch. won the game. Yeah, he ran out. I know it's a lot of, a uh, lot of back and forth there, but uh, but it was good. You you could see he knew what was coming. Right. He, he kind of got a little. Um, I wouldn't say pouty, but he's like, oh yeah, that uh, that's that's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, <anticipating laughs> I'm gonna lose right now. Yuck. Yeah. Ouch. He did not anticipate me charging with, uh, with with the thunder tusk. He just didn't see it. You know, it's a, his freaking lord on a you know on a, a dragon an elf lord with I think a one up rerollable yeah, save yeah. and on a you know the the, the baddest ass of all dragons Go, so. uh, up against a, was it a four attack yeah four, four attack thunder tusk yeah Eesh. 
Wow. Kid doesn't get to use his Thunder Stop. Right. Hmm. Well, this round I played uh, Dennis Gunya and his Warriors. And he had two blocks of Warriors, a uh, block of Knights, block of Chosen, uh, a guy, a hero on a disc, and a lord on a caster lord on a dragon. And world renowned Dennis Gunya. World renowned, <laughs> that's right, yeah. You've probably seen his army in. Um, What's the... Armies on Parade. Armies on Parade, mm-hmm. right. He's got the really nice purple and... Slanesh-themed pur- warriors. turquoise-themed yeah. warriors, right. Yeah, this game came down to um, us meeting in the middle, and I was counting on the Goblin Horde to hold off my... to keep my flanks safe by holding off his uh, Chosen. Okay. And uh, that's what happened up until he cast Pandemonium, and I didn't realize that it was Remains in Play. And units can't use general's leadership, right? Right. It's because I haven't played my warriors. In I know, like a year I know. Or two, I'm yeah. slipping. So the goblins were testing on leader five. They were steadfast, but just goblins. So I, that first check I made, sub- subsequent round, they did not make. The chosen overran into the flank of Grimgore's units and killed them. Although he did manage to roll snake eyes for one break check to hold out for a, a round. Okay. But the following round, he charged in with his dragon, and Grimgore just couldn't stand up to the dragon's attacks. And that was pretty much that game. So the the one sucky thing that happened was he killed one mangler right away. The other one managed to hit three of his uh, blocks, both the chosen and the two warriors. And I managed to do a grand total of four wounds. Oh, That's man. 2d6 times three. And dude. you got four. And I did four. Yuck. So uh, hats off to Dennis. He played a good game. I'll never make that mistake again, though. <laughs> Pandemonium. Make yeah. a play. Don't forget. Learn something new. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's break, and then we'll come back to the round five coverage, and uh, you guys can give your final thoughts on the tournament before we get to the uh, demons topic. Sounds good. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Okay, so we're back. Welcome back, folks, to Garage Hammer. We're back. Yes, we are. We are here. So round five. Scenario five. This is kind of a modified watchtower scenario in that instead of uh, having fortitude in the tower, you need to have fortitude in the box, that 18-inch square. So, Grant, who did you play scenario five? I played Robert Klemek. Ooh, Lord Goober. A, <laughs> Lord, Lord Goober on the forums. Robert Klemek is a, um, a very unique individual who it was playing a very, um, a very interesting empire list. He took it all mounted. So this, it was all cavalry. It was a unit of Reichsguard Knights, a unit of Knights of the Inner Circle, 
Another unit of knights of the inner circle with uh, great weapons. Another unit of knights, I think just regular inner circle or maybe regular knights. I think they were all inner circle, though. Yeah, so we had three special characters in his army and two steam tanks. And, yeah, it was insane. Oh, and a unit of demigriffs, too. Oh, jeez. So this army was, I knew, putting down right in front of this army, I'm like, yeah, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose that game. I just, I knew it. Just right from the moment that I sat down. Well, the two steam tanks. So steam tank I haven't played in this edition, mm-hmm. and it is awful. <laughs> you think? I got, you know, I got my man eaters. I got my man eaters in the one that held them up the entire game. Right. So yeah, and then he got another one into my unit of bulls, held them up the entire game. I just couldn't. Uh, I couldn't do anything about them. You know, because the bulls have no strength. Right. It's, it's tough. Tough six. 10 wounds, right. unbreakable. you just stuck there the whole time. I'm just stuck there the whole time. So and he's he pinning two of your units. That means two less units you have to work with. Two less units that I have to work with, really. Uh, yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. And and when it actually generates steam, too, it's pretty, it can, pretty yeah, tough. It, it does out. a lot of damage, too. But then he... Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He had... Um, that other Balthazar Gelt, too. He had oh, yeah. the, the level four, but a plus six metal lore master. So Yeesh. my Mornfangs didn't like him. Um is it, did they? Did you take him out with that? No, he did not. Okay. But I had to. I had to spend all of my dice to stop that sure. from happening, yeah. and it allowed him to get a lot of his boot buffs off. Ah. I mean, it was just really my undoing was the steam tanks. I yeah. wasn't able to to crack those. I wasn't able to crack any of his armor because he's got a one up save right with the full plate. Or one up, one up, up armor save, right? So, so you're you're doing minus three. What are they? Four up. Four up. Then. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a four up, and then depending upon what buffs he'd get, right? You know, he might have ward saves on him. He might have because I think there's a warrior priest gives mm-hmm. people a ward save, and it was just I, I couldn't grind him out fast enough. It it wound up being this gigantic combat right in the middle of my iron gut unit fighting three <laughs> fighting three of these units of knights Gee with whiz. Carl Franz, Luther Huss, and uh, uh, whatever this other warrior priest special character guy was. With all the, the buffs and everything going on yeah, on top yeah. of that. Jeez. It was it was crazy. I mean I still got three because I still had three fortitude in the box, so I still got all of the bonus points. Right. Because at the end of the game, when when the game finally ended, it was, I still had my BSB and my general still standing with the only things left from that Iron Gun unit <laughs> right in the center at the end of the game. And I was like, oh, thank God the game ended right now, <laughs> because then I got all that fortitude in there. Nice, oh, nice. Uh, how about you? Uh, I played Dan Rude and his demons. So okay. I walked to the table. I saw the Bloodletter Hordes and the, the Bloodthirster. I thought, oh, this is a bad matchup for me. Especially with that Bloodthirster, because he can fly around and pick his combats, and me with the hordes, I'll kind of be at his mercy. I'm not quite sure what his intent was with the Bloodthirster. He flew him down the flank and landed him next to my Night Goblin horde. Okay. And he, I think he thought that it would work like the old Terror Bomb of 6th and 7th edition. I'd have to take a terror test and run from the uh, Bloodthirster, but it didn't work that way. You know, you only get have to take that terror test if you get charged. So he realized that. He then later charged the uh, Bloodthirster into the Night Goblins. That also puzzled me because that's... If you gave me the choice to pick where that Bloodthirster is going to be the whole game, that's where I want it to be. Yeah. So uh, while the Bloodthirster was locked in combat with the Night Goblins, the the two hordes met. Oh, before our, our hordes actually met in the center, I managed to foot of Gork his 50-man Bloodletter unit four or five times. 
got it down to about 20 models. Oh, man. So that made it an acceptable charge for my savages. Sure. Um, meanwhile, his other block of bloodletters met in combat with Grimgore's um, Black Orc unit. And I don't think he was uh, prepared for the amount of attacks, uh, amount of attacks that I was going to kick out, both from the savages and the Black Orcs. Because at the end of the day, the bloodletters are still only toughness three with only a five of ward. Right. So we met in the combat in the center. Uh, that combat lasted a couple rounds before the giants came in on the flanks, and then that pretty much uh, sealed the game there. But yeah. the funny thing is, the the bloodletter managed to kill all the goblins except for one. Okay. And by then, I had lost my steadfast because I didn't have any ranks. I saw that. I turned around for that one. And I managed to roll insane courage. The one goblin pin that bloodthirster for one more round before getting pulped. Oh, that was uh, pretty good. <laughs> But uh, hats off to Dan. He played a good game. I don't think uh, he was really scared of the Manglers, so that kind of allowed me to dictate the flow of the game. He was kind of hesitant, so that's what allowed me to foot of gork him. So won that game. I ended up uh, three wins, a loss, and a draw on the day, which was good enough for eighth place overall. Nice. And I had uh, three wins and two losses. But I was able to get all of the bonus points for in the scenarios. Pretty much, I got all of the, mm. the yeah, except huge. for the general, the one where we had to kill the general three times. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see anybody in that round who really That's hard did. To do. I think it was it was maybe only one or two games that I saw got a general kill or two. Right. But I, yeah, I didn't get any of the uh, any of the bonus points there. Uh, but other than that, I got all the bonus points in all my scenarios, maxed out on pretty much all the other points, and got, I got sixth. Nice. Yeah. NW who? NW2. That's kind of awesome. That's really great, guys. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Next time we'll go for uh, first. We'll see you in the top quarter. I mean, Grant in the top sixth. Mm. So, <laughs> nah, hell, that's a hell of a lot better than I ever placed. That's fantastic, so. So uh, overall impressions of the of the tournament? I mean, this is replacing Core Comp. This is his. I think it's an improvement. I like it. Core Comp was nice. It was interesting, but I personally like the no holds barred play Warhammer with no comp setup. And it, it wasn't too far away for us. Uh, it was good to see all the um, the scene regulars there, tournament regulars. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. Very cool. I, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think that Alex did a good job of of still. Uh, we we had a dinner that he set up afterwards, mm. so he really had that sense of community. I think Alex, one of the things that he does well in his tournaments is is maintain the sense of community and that we are all there to have a good time. So yeah, yeah. And Very I cool. also love it because I picked up an entire Dark Eldar army. Yeah, you son of a gun. The raffle for a 2,000-point Dark Elder Army. That's crazy. So you're playing uh, Dark Elves of the future, huh? Yeah, they're, they're, they're not pansies at all. They are, uh, they're pretty vicious. He says that now because someone hands him an army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, it's nice. They're, they're still elves at the end of the day. Let's not exactly. uh, confuse that. Exactly. They're pervert elves, but they're still elves. Right. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad you guys really enjoyed the tournament. Uh, I'm you know. Well, you were kind of there in spirit because people were uh, leaving messages for you. <laughs> Everybody knows it because they've been listening to them this whole time. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really cool. I mean, I I think I was I was actually kind of touched. I mean, 
getting calls from the guys. You know, I don't get to see these guys that often at tournaments. And anytime there's a tournament that's nearby that I that I quote unquote should have been at, yeah, they call I get, you. I get calls, and it, that's that's really kind of cool. So I, I enjoyed that. But he is uh, aspiring to have more people uh, at the next one. He's titled the next one tentatively "Screw City Two: The Search for More Players." <laughs> there you go. That works. Yeah. Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money. <laughs> well, I would say as the community's growing, I mean, Blood in the Sun is growing. Um, I think every tournament is getting bigger. So I think, what, what did he have, 36, 36 40, 36, yeah. somewhere around there? I mean, for a first-time tournament and in a new venue in a city that hasn't held. I mean, we're talking a city that's an hour and a half, two hours outside of downtown Chicago proper. So a city that's never had a tournament like this before, at yeah. least any time recently. I think the 36 is a good number. A good and, and I think showing. we're just going to see that grow. Agreed. So good job, Alex. Thanks cool. for running. Before we take a break, I just wanted to touch down on one, one real quick thing. Actually, two real quick things. But the votes are in. Well, the six votes are in <laughs> for our three-round mini campaign. Our mini campaign. What's the final tally? Uh, one vote for orcs versus dwarfs. Okay, the good old long beards versus the classic green skins. Matchup, yeah. Two verse. Two votes for high elves versus VC. The not very classic matchup, mm-hmm. but that three votes and the winning is going to be orcs versus the VC. Mm. So this is going to be this is this is going to be a rough matchup, I think, kind of for both of us, depending on yeah the builds and the scenarios. Yeah, this could this could go this could go haywire really fast. We have to decide for the first round who's going to be the attacker and who's going to be yes. the defender. Yep. So you want one to three or you want four to six? I'll take uh, odd. We'll do even odd. Why are we doing even odd? Why does it matter? Uh, the book always says roll a dice. On a one to three, it's this. On a four to six, it's Why that. Why don't we roll to see what we how we roll? Okay, let's do that. So <laughs> how are we going to do that? If it's if it's uh, if it's odd, then it's four up. Okay. <laughs> if it's odd, then we roll a four up. So it's odd. So one to three, four to six. All right. So what do you want to do? You want one to three, or you want four to I'll six? I'll take uh, four to six. Okay. And the winner chooses if they want to be the attacker or the defender. Uh, sure. Okay. It's a six. six. You want to be so the I get to choose. You get to choose. I will be the attacker. All right, my VC will be defending all their little <laughs> forts against the onslaught of orcs and goblins. Mm. Blah! You guys get out of here. I'm trying <laughs> to raise me some zombies. Blah! Blah! The the the, the story is uh, as with challenges already. It's unfolding already. So that's so what we're gonna do. Is it uh, 2,400? No special characters. All right, 2,400 works. Um, and then uh, as the defender, I think I get a smaller percentage. Isn't that that's the, correct? Okay, so right. what am I get? Seventy five percent, something like that. Yeah. All right, I'll we'll have to look at the rule. Yeah, we'll figure it out. out. Great, eighteen hundred. Nice. I'm taking all zombies. Screw you. It's going to be a sea of green. Oh, I know. <laughs> Are you doing the scenario out of the back of? Yeah, we're doing three. Of that's, a, that's a cool scenario. We're yeah. doing three of them in a row. So. When you started talking about narrative campaigns, I started reading through the back of that book. There's a fun. lot of really cool They're scenarios. Well, I don't think I've ever turned past you know yeah. how to play a game with the scenarios and everything. I don't, I don't there's think like I've a, ever turned past that. There's section. like a three or five multiplayer scenario that I'd love to try. Well, Grant, uh, one of the other things I want to talk about is Grant has expressed an interest in our narrative campaign campaign, like the one I'm trying to work out For the with. next season right. of our well, campaign. Well, I'm thinking... Because it's going to be something we've never tried before, and I'm trying to come up with some rules and some ways to use experience and right. to get that board up, I think it's going to be us and the boy, so the four of us. 
The four of us. Okay. Yeah, just you, me, Grant, and the boy. That way we keep it simple. We just got a couple of games in and when we can play them. Sure. Um, and, it, I mean, it might not even necessarily be turns. It might be just kind of moving around on the board and getting different games and battles in okay. when we can yeah, get Yeah, I think if it's something we try, it'd be great. Because as we found out, I mean, when you get more people involved, people start dropping off right. and people start... Life gets in the yeah, way. I think yeah. we tried to move up to 12, but I think we've... we've the thing is, it was 12. We'd always done 8 to 10, so it... I don't know. Well, I we mean, got bigger and further spread out. Well, that was is, the problem. I think the problem too. was... Yeah, and I, I think the problem wasn't too many people. I think the problem was... Geography. Ge- yeah, exactly. All right, so... I'm the defender, 2,400 points. Mm-hmm. That will probably, if we can get it done on time, be the recording for our next episode, that battle. Yeah, we, we can, can try get that. It done. I mean, I, I'm going to start writing a bunch of stuff, but I'll consult you guys on it. Okay. And I think that'll be a good thing. Like, do we want to have to keep that same general, like, in every game? And if he gets killed in the game, uh, you do that dice roll where he gets a penalty or some sort of thing, and he comes back in it later. I mean, there's we, all those little things that we discussed when we were talking about campaign gaming with Greg. I know, Grant, do you... I would say probably one of my best memories of Warhammer over 20 years of playing Warhammer is a, a campaign that I did with some of my buddies out in Rockford when I was growing up there. And we, it was exactly that. And sometimes you played a game that was 500 points versus 2,000. Mm-hmm. And, and that was like your scouting party, you know, it, you really just knew you were going to die. So, I mean, I played Orcs and Goblins, so I would take just, you know, whatever could take mm-hmm. the most damage output. Because like, I wanted to, with my 500 points, take out as much of that 2,000 points as I could. Because that's going to affect him in future sure. games as well. So, I mean, it, it's a really different dynamic when you're you're playing, you know, when, when you know that it's going to affect the future. When you know that it's truly going to affect the future. And if that... Uh takes off and is a, su- is a success, maybe you can expand that to eight or ten players. Who knows? Yeah, and I'll be happy to expand it to whoever wants to play. Right now, we've got four players who are willing to play mm-hmm. any time. Um, if we could expand it to even six, I think it would be a nice, just keep it a nice, friendly, you know, close Manageable group. amount, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Until, so we can see how these things work out. All right, well, let's... Uh, Let's break and come back, and then we'll come back with uh, Demons. Grant, um, I think when we come back, you are probably won't be here. Yeah, I'm going to be gone. Thanks for inviting me to come talk about Screw City. No, yeah, Thanks I'm glad you came. On. And, yeah, you got anything you want to say about bits while you're here? Because I don't have you here. <laughs> Garage, Hammer, <laughs> Garage Hammer is not only the, the official sponsor of Blood in the Sun, but now that one of the Council of Three is the co-host... I couldn't possibly have you on without at least something you want to say about it. Anything? Anything going on? Anything people need to know? Well, we have the date set for next year. I believe it's June 22nd and 23rd of 2013. Okay. So if you're planning on doing any traveling, plan now. Um, Go ahead and, I mean, uh, they've already got the information at the hotel. Uh, You can call them. It's the Crown Plaza in Northbrook, uh, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and reserve your hotel rooms now. If uh, if for some reason they don't have the block set up, you can always go back and proactively get yourself uh, reserved as a part of the block. The Crown Plaza is a great hotel. They've been very willing to work with us. Oh, yeah. Uh, We 
have a lot of surprises and changes for the good coming your way this year. So, a lot of fun things. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fun things that are that are coming down the the Ooh, pipeline. I'm all excited. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 looking to really. Um, and not necessarily change it up. Up the jams. Yeah, we're going to pump up the jams. That's right. <laughs> 2013. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be uh, going to be a little something different. Keeping a lot of things that really work and adding uh, a little bit of sparkle, just like, just like Edward vampires. From Edward. Edward. Yeah. Bro, there you go. Oh Christ! All right, break and then back with those filthy, filthy demons. Probably. We miss you, bro. We got Ryan this Oi. year. Oi. Keep it up, bro. I'm listening to me show. <laughs> I love to listen to your show. <laughs> your man, Chris, you. Oh, man. He is kicking ass today. Today and tomorrow, he's going to be kicking some ass. <laughs> These bros, excuse my language. <laughs> it's like a... Duh. I'm so <laughs> We're gonna kill these beers on this note. <laughs> now we're gonna fill your voice with a box. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> that was sick. This can't be beaten, bro. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, folks. We're back. Back to the garage. Uh, folks, before we get started on the uh, talking about the demon special characters, because if we don't, uh, a certain angry dwarf is going to beat my, my, beat me up. Um, I want to talk real quick, remind people about Extra Life. There's still time. Uh, it's December, not December, October 20th. Mm-hmm. Christopher and I will both be at Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, from 11 a.m. October 20th till 11 a.m. October 21st. Doing nothing but gaming. Um, folks, extra-life.org. Uh, you know, we always ask for shout-outs. I mean, we're always... I, I feel bad we're always asking people for money to keep the show running, and now I'm asking people... But this... Guys, 100... It's for a good cause. 100% of your donation goes to charity. The website is fully funded by the guy who, who helps run it. He works for the Children's Miracle Network. Um, doing this. The charity is to help those kids that can't afford the right. hospital. The, the Children's Miracle Network need. is for the. There's a network of hospitals that are specialized in helping kids, and it's you know you pe- people can't afford it, and the, this this money goes to offset a lot of those bills for people. Uh, I know Cranky's mm-hmm. son had heart surgery when he was a kid, and the Children's in Boston. Yeah. Uh, they're the one. Uh, I'm I'm raising money for uh, Children's Hospital of Chicago, and I know Christopher is working for the same one. I did set a kind of lofty goal. Uh, they asked you to set a goal of at least a hundred dollars. I set a thousand. I'm at three hundred and forty-five at the moment. Okay. Well, um, you're more than a third of the way there. Yeah, uh, but I'm just I'm shilling for this. If anyone can help out, and if anyone from the show does donate to that, and they donate any like you know, at, the thing asks you to donate a dollar an hour, which is like twenty-four, twenty-five bucks. Sure. 25 bucks for anyone local. You can lock out three hours with us during our gaming, and we will play whatever you want. Um, nice. If you're not local and you want to lock, donate and lock out three, uh, just at least request just to play a certain kind of game. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll do that. Uh, and also, I'll, we'll include that as a shout out. If you want to oh, do a nice. shout out for, you know, if you 
throw in for that and want to put up a shout out. We'll do that on the show just because I just I, I really want any every penny I can raise for this is just one more thing to help out and keep that you know that whole team cranky thing going. Well, you get to uh, if if you're in the area and you sponsor, you get to pay to help kids, right? And you get to play games. Exactly, it's a win-win. Well, that's what I said. I said this is the perfect type of marathon for me. I ain't ever going to run a marathon, mm. but I can game for 24 hours. I have an excuse to do nothing but game for a full day, and it's a good cause. I mean that that never in right exactly. It's a no-brainer. So if you can, guys, help, just extra-life.org, and all you got to do under the search is search my name, David Witek, W-I-T-E-K. Uh, I'm the only one on there. I pop, or just go to the go to the garagehammer.net. Right on the front page is the little sponsor thing showing what I've raised, and you can click on that to donate. It'll take you right to it. All right, so let's get on with the, uh, the uh, special characters. The cheese of the universe, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're going to do it just like we did it a couple weeks ago. We're going to go Lords to Heroes to, yep. uh, and I think there's uh, a couple of champions. Some odd ones at the end. Yeah, the so, end there. so who do you want to start with first? Uh, Scarbrand, the exiled one. He's the uh, super beefed up bloodthirster. Yes, he is. Uh, now, he would not fit into our game basic rules. Remember, 2400 is the game we're playing. He is 665, so A, you wouldn't be able to take him at all. It's a lot of um, points right there. Yeah, he's a lot of points. You'd have to play a bigger game than our average 2,400 mm-hmm. just to take him. Uh, his stats are through the roof, weapon skill and initiative of 10, strength and toughness of 6, uh, 5 wounds. A whopping 8 attacks. Yeah, uh, He's got frenzy, so it's 7 attacks, but then the one more yeah. for the frenzy. His leadership's 9. He's a large target, magic resistance, 2, terror, hatred of everything. Yeah. Uh, he cannot lose his frenzy. All friends and enemies have hatred while he's... What does that say? While he's alive, yeah. Oh, all units on the table... Friend and foe. Have hatred. hatred. So that's just everybody... I, I like that rule because it's the nature of chaos. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, he's he's emitting this... this Whatever it is that he is, is emitting this thing that is it's affecting everybody. It's not just rallying his forces. But it, it, the thing is, it boosts his own stuff. Yeah. But because chaos is, is fair... It boosts the enemy stuff too, so it's a very friendly. <laughs> it's one thing about chaos. It's fair. It's, fair. it's a very uh, kind of a friendly uh, concession, right? And like I said, it's just it's just that cool. I just you know, picturing it on the field. This thing is running through, and even the forces of good, it's affecting them. It's yeah. just it's they're just going into the so bloodlust. Permeate. Yeah, they can't uh, they cannot avoid it. That's that's it's, awesome. It's perfectly suited to the God of War. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And I see here that he's got a breath weapon as well. Strength five. Yes, uh, he's is, got a, is that a one use? That's got to be a one use only breath weapon. Yeah, well, it's a strength five breath weapon as described in the Warhammer rulebook, so it's got to be yeah. So it's it's okay. a one use. That's pretty good. Strength, strength five. five. Um, his his weapon, uh, his axes mm-hmm. each contain the essence of a greater demon. They grant him an, that extra attack, which is already in his profile. In addition, no armor saves. Right. So he's coming at you with weapon skill and initiative 10, a strength 6, 8 strength 6 attacks, no armor save. With hatred on top of that. With hatred. So he's uh, putting out the hurt. Plus he's got a thunder stomp even on top of that. Yeah. And with strength the, six. I mean, yeah, the breath weapon. I mean, he, this guy is just all about killing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what he does. Um, so would you take, well, assuming you had a big enough game, would you take, would you take Scarbrand? Uh, I might. Um, 
you are not going to have a level four wizard mm-hmm. in this army unless you take a huge amount that of gigantic army. Uh, well, no, I'm talking a huge amount of like pink horrors because they can oh, count as a level four right. wizard. Um, giving your enemies hatred is never a good thing. <laughs> but again, I like it. Yeah, you don't it's, need heralds in the bloodletter units, though. Right, You don't true. need the herald in the bloodletter units. Uh, never losing frenzy mean you can be kind of led around a little bit. Yep. Um, and he's got a five-up ward save, no armor save. So you really have to deploy him properly. You know, him being leadership 10. Is he leader 10? Uh, leadership 9. Leader 9. Okay, so there's a chance he might be he might fail that frenzy check and charge off something. Right. Well, like I said, he's got five wounds at toughness six. Yeah. But all he's got is the the demon's five up ward the save. That's ward, all yeah. he's got. So he's Pretty squishy. I mean, yeah, it's all. Well, I wouldn't nec- at toughness six. I wouldn't necessarily call squishy. Well, relatively speaking, and no armor. Right. I mean, he's and only five up ward. He's oh. yeah, but he's all kill. You know, magic right. resistance two on top of it, just mm-hmm. because he's corn. Um. If I saw him on the table, I wouldn't be upset. I mean, you know, people like to take blood, uh, blood thirsters sure. as it is. Yep. Blood thirsters are always tough. Mm-hmm. This guy is so expensive that if you want to take him, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, a blood thirster is four hundred fifty, and then you have to add stuff to him. Right. This guy is two hundred points more. I guess with just a blood thirster, yeah, a blood. So he can only go up to five fifty. So mm-hmm. this is only a hundred points more. And the stats, I think they're I think they're comparable stats. It's the breath weapon. He's got one more initiative. The hatred to everyone. Yeah, I, I think if I saw this on the table, I I would enjoy it because again, it's that hatred that you're giving to everyone. Like, yeah, yeah, the demons benefit from it, but here you go, you do too. Let's throw dice. Right. Yeah, and, and especially if you're coming at something that's got some really good strong attacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the demons they have the one third chance of saving everything, but right. You know, even against your horde of like bloodletters, their toughness three. Getting extra uh, mm-hmm. shots at those hits. I'm not worried about wounding them. I'm worried about getting the That's hit right. off on them. Exactly right. And so I have no problem with this guy being on the table. Uh, and in fact, I think it would be cool. I, yeah, I'd enjoy playing against him. The next one, not so much. <laughs> Cairo's Fate Weaver. And Cairo's Fate Weaver is 625. Another one who is out of our points range. You'd have to go up to 2,500 mm-hmm. points to take to take it. But you know his uh, actual stats. If you get him into combat, you're in trouble because the stats. If you get are him into combat, really you have totally there. misjudged the point He's of Kairos Fate Weaver. Weapon skill, initiative, and attack all at one. One, strength, toughness, and wounds of five. Right. I mean, he's he's ve- he's very average in his strength and toughness stats. You it, you need to not get this guy into combat. Well, it, the fact that he flies certainly helped with that. Yes. He's not frenzied or anything like that. Now, it took me forever to figure out all of his rules because he's got a load of them, and you kind of have to put them all together to figure it all out. But basically, uh, he's a level 4 wizard. He knows all the spells from the demon lore of Zinch. In addition to? And he has two heads. Each head is a level 4. One head picks uh, from life, metal, light, or heavens. And the other head chooses from death, beast, shadow, and fire. So you've got like the good head, bad head thing going on right. here, the which is that whole the, yeah the, the 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 idea of change. Yeah. Um. So he's he knows. Well, you have to commit. Uh, only one head may cast each turn. So if you pick, let's say the the life head, mm-hmm. do all your spells have to come from that life head that turn? 
Well, since he knows all Zinch spells, then yes, you have to choose a head. So if you're choosing, like, let's say you choose life and death. Um, you're either casting from life or death, but then also... You have Zinch on top of you that. You have Zinch. Okay. So you basically can't use the two different uh, from the eight lores that you have. You have to pick one of the two lores and sure. then Zinch. But that's uh, eight and six plus... No, he doesn't have a signature in it's the uh, demon lore yet. 14 spells, right? That's 14 spells. I mean, that's that's insane. That's not bad. You know, it's a, it, if you went into a tournament... Let me ask you this. If you went into a tournament... Knowing you could feel this guy, what two lores would you choose? Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, shadow is not bad. Uh, make your make your uh, stuff even. Cause <laughs> throw shadow on something that's you know we got a decent. I mean, their leaderships. A lot of the what are the characters' leaderships in this? A lot of the. They're, I think they're typically eights and nines. Yeah. Uh, no, core is seven. Now, there's seven across the board. Oh, the core, the, you mean? Yeah. Core, yeah, special, seven. or seven. But strength seven, strength seven demonettes. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. You know, so I'd probably take with, Shadow. With hatred? I'd take Shadow just to aggravate Grant. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about the other head? Um, maybe life. That's what I was thinking, too. Life and Shadow. Oh, that would be so brutal. That would be great. And then you got the Zine spells on top of it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's I've, I've kind of tried to... Um, you know, fix the uh, just kind of condense the different rules. Yeah. His twin heads give him a plus two to all casting, so he's casting at a plus six. Him being a level four. Yeah, he's got Zinch's will, which means he can reroll one d six per turn. Which means if your winds of magic come up sucky, reroll it. You can reroll one of those dice too. So you can reroll any one die in your turn. That could be for a break check or pursuit roll. Yeah, let me. I'll look it up. Sure. Well, while you look that up, he's also got the demonic robes, which means he can never be wounded on better than a three plus, which is kind of nice. So if he does get into combat, you're not wounded. I mean, I mean, a three plus is still sucks. Well, shooting, you know, if he gets hit by the, by a cannonball, it's a greater chance if you roll the one or two. Exactly. Exactly. One terror. He's a large target. Flies. He's got flaming attacks, which is interesting. A demon may reroll a single d6 once per player turn, including a single dice from a batch of two d6, three d6, and so on. So he can reroll one d6. He can't be wounded on better than a three. He's casting at a plus six. He causes terror, large target, flying, flaming attacks. He's got a three-up ward save. Which is very good. Yeah. Now, with all these good things, there has to be some weakness. What what could his weakness be? Uh, there's it, Aside from the combat. There's two that are... Well, the, yeah. The, 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 but even if he gets into combat, he's got a three-up ward save. And, yeah, I mean, you can't wound him. I mean, it's like, you don't, don't get him into combat, but if you if something happens and someone manages to attack him... He might weather it. He's got a two-thirds chance of saving. Yeah. Here's I found this in the FAQ. I was looking through the FAQ to make sure that some that I read all this stuff right. Yep. Uh, do Cairo's Fate Weaver's heads count as different wizards for the purposes of miscast and other rules? Yes. So if you had, say, the Hellheart, mm. each head counts as its own wizard. So you're rolling two miscasts. So he's, Yeah, he's rolling two miscasts. Nice. Yeah, that can be, especially if you've got the puppet or the black tar right. or whatever the hell that is. Well, you're you're sapping that many more dice out of that magic phase. Yeah, and that's that many chances, that many more chances for a dimensional cascade. Exactly, and if you're in one of those like the uh, Screw City where you had to be inside the box, mm-hmm. the 18 inch box. Yep. Yeah, putting Kairos in the 18 inch box in the middle of where all the combat's going on. Right. And you can't leave it. 
you know, good luck. Yeah, see, that's the keeping that's him one out of combat. Things, we didn't actually talk about that in our interview with Alex, but what he likes to do is, yeah, he won't comp his events necessarily, but he'll create scenarios that hinder heavy gun lines, heavy magic. Without just saying, okay, like, because I remember being at Adepticon, I think the first year, and there was one scenario where, okay, it's foggy out, so all shooting takes a penalty, which... Yeah, all shootings at minus two or well, something like that. Which completely screws you if, like, you if know, cer- certain armies, it yeah. screws completely and certain armies doesn't hurt at all. Right. But he's he's changed that. I haven't seen too much of that. What you're going to see in here is everybody's got to get into the middle. And you've right. got to stay there. So and it's that, like, that's not necessarily where Kairos wants to be. If you only have no. an 18-inch box in the center, uh-huh. you're, you could be wide out in the open, open to a charge, open to lots of shooting. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, it's, there's so much... Going on, um, so I think that's maybe part of the reason why the Kairos lists were not dinked comp wise. Yeah, possibly because they were easy to take out. Yeah, because yeah, let's. I mean, that's that's a huge factor. Yeah, you know, it is. Kairos is not hard. I mean, I don't know how hard he is to kill. I've never played against him. with a three up ward save. I'm assuming he's uh, any decent dice rolling. You can keep this guy alive, right? Um, and then can't you can't you put back wounds with like Lore of Life or something like that? You can heal one wound, uh, yeah. For per spell. So there you got, yeah. if you've got Lore of Life on one of the two heads, mm-hmm. there's a very good chance that Kairos ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, this guy's all sorts of broken. He really is. Well, you can, you know, if you fail that ward save, that Zinch's will allows you to possibly re-roll it. Yeah, that re-roll one that. die. Oh, I missed yeah. this one. I need it to stay alive. I mean, it's, and it's once per turn. That, that, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that it's. a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's we roll one per player turn. You know, one so. thing I noticed is they have uh, a, a character for each of the major four demon factions, but yes. not one for uh, Slanesh. Um, I thought, oh, not an actual named character. Yeah. No, they don't have one. They just have the 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 greater demon of Slanesh. That's right. it. Um, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see that in the book at some point because they put out all these Slaneshi. Chariots and everything. Uh, yeah, they yep. put all that stuff. Maybe, maybe that's the next thing that's coming. That would be cool because you got a herald of Slanesh, you got the mask. Um, yeah, no, but there's no greater demon character. No, you just got the keeper of yeah. secrets. Well, let's talk about the next uh, demon lord character. I like this one. Now, would you pronounce this Kugoth? Kugoth. Kugoth, plague father. Another one that's out of our price range again. The whole demon list of the named characters six fifty. So this one is just a few points less than uh, Scarbrand, a little more than... This guy costs more than Kairos Fateweaver. Um, <laughs> but you get quite a bit. Uh, now, you know, strength and toughness, six. His weapon skills, only four. Uh, sure. His initiative and attacks, only four. He has leadership, nine. They're all leadership, nine. But he's got a whopping ten wounds. Ten wounds. That, that's amazing. Now, um, it, I see he's got terror, large target, poison, and hatred dwarves. Is that right? Yes, he's got hatred of dwarfs. I don't know why. Uh, I didn't read all the fluff. You know, I think him. I do recall some of that fluff where he was going to win some battle, and the dwarves came in and denied him of that victory. I think he was some over some Carrick or something. Okay, I think they mentioned that, and because of that, he's always hated the dwarves for not succumbing to his onslaught. <laughs> oh, I think it's because they're also very resilient to disease and that sort of thing. Ah, okay, that makes total sense. That actually does make total sense. Um, here's the thing, though. Uh, whereas, uh, well, Corn won't do anything with. But he's got magic resistance, and right. Kairos has more spells than anyone has. He is a level one wizard. 
<laughs> right. With the demon lore of Nurgle. So, okay, so he's, you know, one thing. He causes terror, large target. He's got poison. Mm-hmm. And once again, hatred dwarfs. He has a, he's basically got a stone thrower, the necrotic missiles. Yeah. He's a stone thrower. Uh, wounds on a two plus. Damage one, no armor save. That's pretty good. So and he can move and fire. There's no restrictions there, right? So it's, he's basically throwing nurglings. So it just it just it just wounds on a two plus one damage, yeah, no armor save. Yeah. Um, and if it's a if it's a misfire, nothing if it's, bad happens. Yeah, he he, shoot, he right? squashed the nurglings that he's going right. to throw at you. So when I'm looking at this though, it's a stone thrower. It's, there's no strength. It wounds on two. Yeah. So and it's automa- that's right. You're automatically you hit. Auto wounded. Yeah. So you're wounding on a two. That's, that's great for killing knights. Yeah. Yeah. Anything with high warriors would be devastating against them. Yeah. I mean, I I really actually want one of these models because if I was going to work on the on the on the uh, on my demon list, I you know I like Nurgle. I would love to take this guy. I mean, just just that stone thrower. If you can hit stuff. Dude, you could take out characters. You could take out yeah, entire you, units. Good way to soften up a unit before you actually go in and, and start doing damage. Even with the, uh, I mean, it's a regular stone thrower, so it's a three-inch template. But, I mean, if you can hit, say, nine or ten, yeah, I think you could get a good, you can get, what, nine, uh, probably o- nine ogres under it if you oh, hit a ogres? direct hit. Uh, that that yeah. kills three of them because that's nine wounds. Right. On a two plus. As long as you don't roll any ones, boom, you take out three. I mean, that's a that's a big... Well, would you kill three? If you hit nine you hit and you, nine, and and you wound three. on all yeah. of them, that's nine wounds. You kill three of them. Um, he's also got Nurgling Infestation. At the start of the turn, roll a D6. On a two to six, a unit of Nurglings within six inches increases by one base. Mm-hmm. So he's got little Nurglings. You, you put some Nurglings around him to keep people from charging him and attacking right. him and stuff. And every turn, you get an extra one as long as you don't roll a one. It's this is not anything that's special, but it's just it's, it's some good flavor. It's one more thing he's got. Yeah, he's just sprouting off more little disease-filled spawn. More things to get in the way. Uh, enemies get no bonuses for flank or rear attacks. This is his for slime him or trail. any unit. Yeah, slime troll special because they're slipping and sliding in yeah. his own in his slime. Uh, and he's on a palanquin of nurglings. This giant, giant pus-filled monstrous lord mm-hmm. is being pulled by a bunch of nurglings on a palanquin. So they offer him additional oh, attacks. Strength three attacks. Six strength three weapon skill three attacks. Is that how you pronounce that? Palanquin? I thought that was how I you pronounce it. a palanquin. Is it palanquin? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was mispronouncing it. I could totally be having an Ohio hammer moment. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the thing that they hold they hold the Kagath on. Whatever yeah. you call it. Does he have a ward save? He's a demon. So he's got a five up ward save? Does he, he doesn't have regen then? I no, would have thought he would have uh, the four up regen. There's nothing. Well, no, he doesn't have regen. Okay. He just got poisoned attacks. He's got a five, five up, up ward save. save. Okay. Like the rest of these guys, he's just got his demon ward save and that's it. Okay. Yeah, I would have thought that he would have, like all the Nurgle stuff, they, they normally have some kind of, some uh, kind of regen. regen save inherently, right? I mean, figuring he's got ten wounds, do you, does he really need more regen? I mean, this guy's... I mean, it'd be nice, but right. I think you got to have some balance. Sure. I mean, let's face it. The two cons to this guy, he's only a level one wizard, so you're not going to get your level four in, and he's only got the five up ward save. Other than that, I, there's nothing wrong with this guy. Right. And his movement's only four, so he's slow. Nice that's slow. That's no. it. You know, but he's throwing, he's throwing these the the, the insano. Uh, 
the necrotic missiles, throwing the nurglings and just, you know, yep. poisoning and killing everything. So, How many uh, attacks did, does he have? He has uh, four. Okay, only four attacks, plus the Thunderstomp on top of that. Thunderstomp. So there's ten attacks total from the unit. Mm-hmm. And his weapon skill is only four. At strength six, their weapon skill three, strength right. three. So his strength six is nice, but it's, I mean, really, it's just... Well, he can take the damage at ten wounds, ten yeah. to six. That's that's the point, is yeah. he, can, he, can, he can take it. It's amazing. Nice. Yeah, he'd be a fun choice, too. It'd be fun to play him, I think. It's just something different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, I, I like all these special characters. I mean, we all know Fate Weaver's just... I mean, I said it last episode. I'm sitting here reading this going, oh, my God, what can he do? The, the kicker is that Zinch's will. Because if you roll low winds of magic, that really hurts his effectiveness. But if you can re-roll one of those dice, all of a sudden you're back in it. If you roll a five, a two, and a three, you got five dice, your opponent has three dice, and you're rolling at a plus six, you're guaranteed almost two spells there. Right. You can throw three dice at the one and two dice at the other, and the odds of him being able to stop you, unless he gets a really good roll or you get a really mm. crap roll. Yeesh. So there's the, the demon characters. Yep, it's a pretty quick one. Let's yeah. let's quickly move on to heroes. Heroes. So back to corn. We have Skulltaker. Skulltaker. Hero level, 150 points. This guy is a great assassin, uh, yeah. so to speak. Weapon skill, initiative 9. Strength 6, toughness 4. He's only got two wounds, but he does have hatred. Yeah, he's uh, magical flaming attacks. You could put him on a juggernaut for 50 points or a chariot for 150 points. I don't know why you'd put him on a chariot. Um, I, I don't, don't know. Maybe is, a cool modeling opportunity. Is, it, is, it, is their chariot that good? Blood chariot of corn. Uh, strength, toughness, five, four wounds. Demonic chariot, magic resistance, one. The juggernaut, weapon skill, five, strength, five, two attacks, killing blow. It's got a three-up armor save. Well, maybe. Eh, I think it's too easy to, you know, classic story. Cannons can take out the chariot. Whereas if he's in a unit of bloodletters, then he's nice and safe until well, you get yeah. him in there. I actually faced this guy at Screw City. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, he scored off against um, Grimgore, the orc lord. Okay. And that was a, a touchy battle. You know, if I can... Because Grimgore has always strikes first. Okay. So if he can go first, his initiative's not not as high as Skulltaker, so I'm not rerolling those attacks. Right. Well, they do have hatred, so I am rerolling those attacks. We he I challenged. He had to accept because his rule. He has to he issue. Has to and if you didn't the challenge, he would have because he yeah, has to yeah. issue his challenge. So I issued that challenge, and he, through either missing attacks, failing to wound, or him making his ward saves, he survived uh, Grimgore's initial barrage. Uh-huh. And I was a little worried because he's got killing blow on a five up. And a challenge, he gets a yeah. five up killing blow. And luckily, he did not roll it, and Grimgore was able to take him out the second turn. But he's a great character assassin for infantry based characters for 150 points i don't I, I, if you can if you're allowed to take special characters i don't see why you wouldn't take this guy yeah he's really good for a, i mean he's got a three up armor save because of the scaly skin mm-hmm. which i misspelled he's got magic resistance too yeah um and he's still got the the i mean he's he's got a three up five up he's got a better save than scarbrand he doesn't yeah. have frenzy so you can't lead him around by the nose. Right. And he's a, a, less than a quarter of the points. Right. Now, he doesn't have all the cool things that Scarbrand has, but who cares? For a hero-level character, still, you know, really good. Yeah. And the thing is, and you haven't noted here, because he has to issue or accept challenges, you get him into a challenge with someone who has, um, you know, dragon armor, 
Dragon Bane Gem, anything that is two up ward resistant to flaming attacks, he can be kind of well. That's the thing negated big time. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful with him. I mean, they obviously have to have weakness for 150 points. He better have some weakness, of course. Yeah. You know, um, and it, like I said, it could be trouble. You could pull that now. He doesn't have a special weapon. Their their attacks are naturally magical. So you know your um, your ethereal wizard that turns all your weapons yeah. mundane. Yeah, the unkillable archmage. Right. Speak. Yeah. Does it turn these guys' attacks because it's not a weapon? No, demons and um, wood elf spirits, uh-huh. those sorts of things, have inherently magical attacks. So no, it would not help. Okay, so that you wouldn't throw against him. But War- Warpstone weapons from Skaven are also the same. Okay. Yep. So yeah, if you can if you can get the right matchup against him, he, it could be trouble. Like you said, anyone mm-hmm. you you throw someone at him who's got the dragon bane gem or the dragon helm or dragon yeah. armor, and now it's really hard for him to kill that guy. Right, to kind but of take then him it, out of the mix. It's also hard for you to kill him as well. I mean, you're, uh, you're he's he's killable. Three up, five up is still pretty good. I depends mean, on what. Yeah, it depends on what your strength you're you're right. hitting him with, but. But I'll take that against a two-up ward save. Oh, exactly. Certainly, yeah. yeah. For, uh, you know, like I said, for 150 points, this guy's not broken, but he's he's almost too good to leave behind, at least in theory. I'm talking, and we don't play demons that much. I've got a demon army. We just, only reason I got it was so that we could take it to. Well, he certainly, you know, appears on the radar. The minute you see him deploy you have to make note of it and kind of uh, deploy accordingly. Yeah. Because he's going he's gonna to take someone he's, out. Yeah, he's going to kill. And if he's not killing characters, he's, I mean, still, it's strength six. Still toughness. doing Yeah, he's, he's going to do something. Yep. Uh, I'm putting him in a unit of juggernauts, if you have them, of um, blood crushers, because they're riding juggernauts. Mm-hmm. Put him in a unit of blood crushers, that could be, that could be really brutal. Yeah, that would be nasty. Uh, they don't get any sort of fancy stomp because they're on bigger bases, do they? The Are juggernauts? They? Yeah. yeah. They, they get a stomp. So, yeah, yeah, add that to it, too. Yep. Okay. Um, so, what do we got? We've got uh, Epidemius. Nurgle's Tallyman. I, once again, Come it's another... Tallyman. Tally me banana. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything Nurgle, so I'm not even going <laughs> to okay. try to chime in on this. But it's another one that's cool. 135 points. His weapon skills. Five um, tough six toughness six. The he's riding on another. You know he's being carried by Nurglings, just like mm-hmm. the Lord version. Another palanquin. Uh, six attacks, weapon skill, strength, and toughness of three, just like before. But you're hitting against the higher toughness. So you're hitting against right. his toughness of six. He's got regen and poison. That makes sense to me. So once, well, like I said, you got to give the thing with ten wounds. You can't give it everything. But this guy, like I said, it's another one. For 135 points, he's got the region and the poison. He's riding, uh, you know, he's got almost the same stats. He's only strength four. Now, um, he, he's got this tally of pestilence. This is cool. Uh, when he's alive, keep account of all, saved, all unsaved wounds caused by Nurgle demons from both sides. So this is, if you're taking a Nurgle army... Yeah, I say, especially me, because I've got I've been picking up the uh-huh. the plague bearers and the nurglings. You put him in the army because every wound that you do, you add. The first seven wounds don't do anything. All right. Once you hit eight wounds caused by your nurgle of any of your nurgle stuff, um, all poisoned attacks now wound on a automatically on a four up instead of six. That's nice. So from an eight, that's very nice. Um, now hold on, at the start of your turns. 
Note that the effects are cumulative and affect both sides, though. Okay. So all poison oh, detects. all poison's on the table. Yeah. See, again, very chaotic because it's fair. Uh-huh. I like that. But so poison jumps from, I mean, especially if you're doing Nurgle, almost your whole army is poisonous. Right. And so all you're automatically wounding on fours, even for your Nurglings, mm. you know? Um, then once you hit 15, from 15 to 21, spells from the Demon Lord of Nurgle get a plus two bonus to cast. So okay. useful. Yep. Once you hit 22 to 28, he's got a regen of three. Plus. This, this guy got, yeah. does. So good luck killing him. Pretty good. And once you get to 29 or more wounds, spells from the Demon Lord of Nurgle get a plus three bonus to cast. Nice. So if you had a level four of Nurgle along with this guy, mm-hmm. he's casting at a plus seven. You've got to kill 30 models to do it. But the point is, if you get into a combat, say, with your Plague Bearers, you win a combat, you run down... You've got when you run it down with that unit. You've got thirty. Is it is it wounds caused? So would that count? All unsaved wounds caused by Nurgle demons from both sides. Keep a count. All unsaved wounds unsaved caused by Nurgle wounds. demons. I don't know if running down a unit counts as unsaved wounds, though. Uh, maybe not. I could be but wrong. I, I see what you're saying, though. I'm, you know, it, it's stuff you killed. You did. I mean, maybe it, maybe it doesn't. But if it if it does, right, that, that just could, makes yeah, it because it's hard to get to thirty wounds. You know, caused sure. just straight up. Well, you have it here. Uh, couples well with Kagoth's necro- necrotic missiles. If you drop that, uh, oh yeah, that template like on a no armor suit of elves or something. Yeah, I killed fifteen, sixteen yeah. elves. You're Boom, halfway suddenly. there, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, that's ugly. And the two of them together, six, uh, six fifty, and so it's uh, seven hundred, almost eight hundred points for those two characters. Yeah, dude. That's a, I mean, that's a the synergy there is just. It's really good. I, I like this Tallyman character. He's a good enabler. He makes all your other units that much better. Yeah, and once again, this is that that, and it's a nice nice reason to take a mono god list too. Right. This work. These things work if you want to go and take a mono god list. Uh, Kogoth's initiative was four. I think we said. What What is Epidemius's initiative? Uh three. Three. Okay. So. So they're susceptible to things like pits. Yeah. Things like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, his. Weapon skill is five. He's uh, t- he's still toughness six though, which is nice. Yeah, being Nurgle, it's hard to it's hard to wound him. Yeah, this is another one that I would definitely, if I was taking a mono god list of enough. But if we were playing like a three k game, this would be another nice screw city list and all Nurgle. Yeah, with uh, Epidemius and Kugath and just tons of Nurgle and you know, you get enough wounds in and suddenly you're just casting you're rolling. Then again, you got the problem of. This guy uh, isn't a wizard, and uh, Kugath is a level one Nurgle wizard. Right. So you're so you're gonna of... you're gonna have to take even more. You're spending a third of your army just to get a uh, level one, and then another level two. So it's almost like you're conceding magic for more endurance. Yeah, yeah. But you, your stuff's gonna live, right? Or you know whatever. It you should. Want. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, quickly take a break. Come back and do these last four characters. Okay. Sounds good. Hey, Dave, I'm looking for a place to play some Warhammer. Family games, board games? You mean unmatched awards and adventure? Sure. A place with collectible and trading card games, RPGs, unusual games. You mean unparalleled offerings and fun? Okay. And it'd be great if they had books, candles, and collectibles, too. 
particular presence and playtime, you're looking for unique gifts and games. Okay, but uh, located in historic downtown Grays Lake, Illinois, UGG caters to gamers of all types. Okay, but miniature games, board games, card games, yeah. Doctor Who, all right, but things supernatural. I understand. It's all here. Okay, but with listen. frequently scheduled events, open gaming, a clean and friendly atmosphere. Okay, stop by UGG or or. Visit them yep. online at uniquegg.com. You could have just told me about unique gifts and games. Individualized endowments and festivities, essential awards and diversions, one-of-a-kind presents and happy fun time. All right, that's enough. All right, folks, here we are. And uh, the review continues. All right, uh, who, where are we on? Oh, the Blue Scribes. Now, they we talked about them uh, a bit uh, when we from t- a modeling perspective, right? Because I like the new model. Yeah, I do too. Blue Scribes, they're demonic. They fly. They have flaming attacks. Uh, they're pretty much straight threes. Weapon skill, strength, toughness, wounds, uh, attacks. They have three wounds for a hero level character, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, their initiative's two. Their movement is one, but they fly. Leadership is seven. Yeah, and they have um, two special rules. Maybe I'll, I'll describe the first one if you want to take the second one. Go for one. it. Go for it. Uh, the, the, well, first, they have the, the two heads have two different names, and I'll try my best to pronounce these. Pateryx and Zaratpa. Does that sound right? Well, it reminds you of Tomax and Zamot from G.I. Yeah, Joe. From Chim- because yeah. their names are just reversed. Reversed, yeah. In fact, the first one is P hyphen T, and the other one is the it's the last letters are T. And a T hyphen. Yeah, the hyphen actually flips right. too. So the first special one they have is Energy Siphon. So Pateryx can steal a portion of the power enemy used to cast spells. So whenever an enemy casts a successful spell, whether it's bound or whatever, the demon player could put aside a, a die to use later in their own magic phase. So it's kind of like uh, every time you dip into the power of magic, you're helping the blue scribes. Yeah, I mean, that's actually great. If you get off two or three spells, I'm not taking it from my dispel pool. I'm just putting aside a die. Yeah, that's great. You every got a spell time off, you great. get a spell off, I get more dice for my mm-hmm. spells. Um, so what's the, the second rule here? Well, Zerat, uh, uh, he can cast one spell from one of the eight lores in the rulebook during each of his own magic phases. The controlling player chooses the lore and then randomly determines the spell. If there's no visible target or the controlling player chooses not to cast the spell, he doesn't cast a spell that turn. Spells are treated as bound spells with a power level equal to their casting level. This is completely gimmicky. It's fluffy. It's good for the story. These guys are going around, and their job from their job from Zinch is to record every single spell on the Warhammer world. Yeah. So basically, you pick a book. He picks a book. It randomly opens, and he's throwing that spell. I, I like that. Again, it's chaotic. It's it, fair. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's random. You, you might get something awesome. You might get something you can't even use because there's nothing, no target in range. There's nothing you can use it on. Now, these guys uh, cost 81 points. Why the 81? Why not? It's you know, it's another little weird thing. It's 80 for that. Maybe it's one point for this silly one, one random spell. Uh, Possibly. But, yeah, I, I think it's, a, it's an interesting choice. It's 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 fun and it's fluffy. It's not something that that I think you're going to see because you can't rely on anything these guys have. They're not strong. Right. They're not that tough. They look cool on the table. 
Um, but it's totally. I mean, your 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 group of spells you're going to get are completely random. It is the the biggest asset is the fact that they gain a power die every time you cast a spell. Yes, that that's their greatest thing that they bring to the table. Yeah, I would hate to see someone use this guy just to use leverage that ability. And not use the other thing with the randomly casting spells. Yeah, but here's the thing. If if I'm doing my job, I'm keeping you down to only one or two spells tops mm-hmm. per turn getting off. So it's getting me one or two. I mean, basically, yeah, for 81 points over the course of six turns, if you go first, I can... And if I'm keeping you down to a minimum of spells, I'm getting anywhere from six to 12 extra power dice over the course of the game right. for 80 points. I mean, that's... I mean, oh, yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's not bad. It's just they're they're not very useful in any pretty much any, any other, other capacity that I can yeah. see. So, True. but uh, I mean, like I said, the model's so cool. It would be fun to put on the table, not with my Nurgle army because I want to try to go mono god. But mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, so who do we have next? Next, the, the mask, mask, the mask of Slanesh. Nah, ninety points. This is one everybody says is broken. Um, well, let's uh, let's figure out why. Movement ten, weapon skill and initiative seven, strength four, toughness three, uh, five attacks. Um, she may not. She has armor piercing attacks. She may not join units. Now her ward save is a little bit better at three plus because of her unnatural reflexes. Right. Uh, which is nice. I mean, a three-up ward is really fantastic for a ninety-point model to have weapon skill and initiative seven, five attacks. How many? How many wounds did we say? Two, two wounds. Two, two, two wounds. Two, okay. two wounds. Well, basically, what she gets here because she doesn't have the ASF that the normal Slanesh seem to have, but she's got a three-up ward. Now, here's where she gets kind of broken. She has the Eternal Dance. So, what does that do? Pick a unit within twelve inches. It may also be in combat and does not have to have line of sight. You can reduce their leadership by D three to a minimum of turn until the next player at the end of the next player's turn. So minimum, the, the start of two, and reduce or reduce their movement by D three to a minimum of one. Hmm. And that happens no matter what. You can't stop that. Yeah, pick a unit within twelve inches, and she just does this. Uh, especially with all these different leadership bombs, I guess Relian. Uh, was at a local tournament, and I know he was telling me he played the Mask and Kairos together. Yeah. Managed to drop a Gut Star by six on its leadership. Then Siren songed them, so they had to attack the Demonettes. Had to charge them in. And then Mind Razored the Demonettes. That's so filthy. Minus six leadership, so he could he had to do that. Uh, and it's minus six until the end of his next turn. Mm-hmm. So they get all these Always Strikes First attacks at strength seven. Chop him up, win combat. He's already starting right. at a leadership of like one or two. So Mind Razor, he's running Laura Shadow. You could do the um, with Kairos, and he's, so the mask reduced him some. Yeah, that's yeah. So they're, they're going to come charge in no matter what. You know, this is a great combo for those new chariots that they released too. Uh, if you, same thing. If you reduce their leadership, have them siren siren song them in. Closer, and then countercharges all those chariots. Right. I mean, anytime you can drop a leadership down, you get a g- couple of good hits in, and suddenly you're going to break them and run them down. And right. Especially with... Um, oh, they don't have swift stride. They're movement 10, but they don't necessarily have swift stride. Cause, no, the they, chariots? No, I'm, oh, the chariots might. Uh, the chariots do. I was talking about the mask herself. Oh, probably not. But she doesn't have... You don't get her... In the, you don't even need to get her into combat. You just need her there to... to yeah. To she's, she's not a combat. No. no she's no, no, she's no. more movement control. Yeah, 
But you, yeah, you put it with something that's got swift stride, so you could do that. Lower the leadership, chop it up, run it down. Yeah. It's anything that can affect your stats like that, just every turn by D three, either your movement or your leadership. Right. You know, it's, it is, it's, it's the fact that it happens automatically. Like you can't stop it. Yeah. That it's such you a, got nothing. It's it's a huge thing there. So I mean, I can see why people think this is really broken. And that's All the right. thing: if you got really good movement, she'll go after your leadership. Whatever sucks, she'll, she'll go hurt after. That. Yeah. Okay, so now we're down to now. These are champion characters. So they're are they upgrades? I they believe your, they, yes. They turn your champion into one of these. Okay. Yeah. So there's two of them. Yeah. So there's one is the changeling, and the changeling can go with pink horrors. Now, one pink horror in the army may include the changeling instead of the iridescent horror, which is the uh-huh. champion. You're taking pink horrors, which are twelve points a model. Uh, instead of taking the iridescent horror for twelve points, you take a changing for sixty. So it's a sixty-point champion. So really, this is protecting your pink horror unit because you're able to absorb some kind of a some some attack. Well, here's the thing: it's got flaming attacks. It's called formless horror. Is this is the, here's the big special ability: weapon skill, strength, toughness, initiative, and attacks. Swap any or all of those stats with any one model in base to base. So, ideally, some kind of choppy character. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. I mean, you come at me with any of your big, high-powered lords coming in to do kill. I'm charging that unit. I'm getting in. And it's in base to base. I don't even have to do a challenge. Right, as long as you're touching it. I just have to make sure I'm in base to base with that guy. This is almost like that Empire, uh, is it the Van Horseman Speculum? Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay. Um, you know, her, geez, I, I charge your, you know, your, some big monster. I charge your Hydra. I charge your... Like a giant, even? And the thing is, you, you pick which stats. So if they've got one crappy stat, you're like, screw it, I'll just leave that one alone. So y- could you, going back to the giant example, swap stats with the giant, roll stuff in pants and stuff a giant in the change. Well, no, 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 no. You swap the attack values. Not not the special attack rules. I would think it wouldn't count for special attacks. Because it the, says giants, the, values. the giant attacks itself are that off of that chart. Right, but I'm saying because it says attack values, I'm assuming you just couldn't. It's, it's a special. It doesn't have a value. It's a special attack. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you can't swap it. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. it says with their attack values, and it doesn't have a value. I just like the mental image of this little figure. Stuffing this huge giant in his, his pants. pants. Right. <laughs> you and Grant. Jeez, well, think of how funny that is. That is funny. <laughs> well, he's anyway, a changeling. It's, it's zinch. Right, it's, it's demonic. You know, anything can happen. Exactly. Um, it is a 60-point upgrade. And here's the thing. His own stats, if you can do something to attack him, he's in this unit of pink horrors. Uh, he's threes across the board, except he's only got one wound and one attack. Because he's know, a be, champion might model. Might be interesting. In the right situation, it could be useful. I'd throw them in for fun just to yeah. see what I can do with them. You know, what yeah. the hell? So, so that's the changeling. Next, uh, and final, we have Karanak, the Hound of Vengeance. Yeah, now uh, this guy's another one of these upgrades, and he goes in with the Flesh Hounds. And how much does he cost? One Flesh Hound unit in the army may include Karnak as the unit champion for 75 points. Oof. Now, Flesh Hounds are 35 as opposed to the regular 12 that the, that the right. changes are based So he costs more than double, and what does he give you? I see he's got two extra attacks. He's got magic resistance three like them. He's got hatred of everybody. Now, the normal uh, Flesh Hounds don't have hatred. No. So I guess uh, you're paying for two extra attacks and hatred. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, you get the 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 old seventh edition standby uh, is Prey of the Blood God. Pick a character from the enemy army, reroll to hit and to wound rolls against that character. So with weapon skill five, strength five, rerolling hit and to wound rolls against a specific. You pick a character and you then you try to get him into 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 fighting. And, with, and that's rerolling hit and to wound for the entire game, right? Rerolls on to hit and to wound on chosen character. Yeah, it doesn't say for okay. a turn or anything like that. And he's a unit champion. That's basically it for for the double points. You get two extra attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can, uh, and that's a 75-point upgrade. So that model is 110 points. Oh, I see. Because okay. you know how you pay extra for the champion? Right. You Instead of paying for a champion, you pay that's, for him. That's uh, pretty pricey. Uh, you so, know, I've never seen this character, and maybe that's why. I've seen the model. I've never seen anyone uh, yeah, play yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, same here. I mean, it's it's nice. You it's know, interesting. He's got hatred. He's, well, here's the thing. He's re-rolling in his first round against everybody. Mm-hmm. Against your re-rolling character. to hit. Yeah, yeah, to hit. Now he's re-rolling to hit and to wound On that all the time character. against that character. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, that's a lot of points. I, I mean, suppose if you played in a scenario where they offer you know, extra bonus points for killing the general or the BSB or something like that, this could come into play? I mean, I don't know. He's 110 points, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. With, with so many four-up ward save... Armors and talismans—you might not get through to do enough to kill a character. True, true. So, eh, flavorful, but not necessarily effective. No, but that's it. That's all the characters. This one was pretty quick. Yeah, we went through those like a demon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, if uh, any listeners out there have any experience playing with or against said characters, I'd love to hear about it. Oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, you can post um, any ideas on our episode discussion thread or hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, we'd love to hear uh, your experiences with these guys. I'd say, you know, the mask, I, th- I never I've, I never see anyone take the mask. Everyone says either. how broken the mask is, but you just don't see because it can't join a unit. So she's out there by herself. Right. And at, at best, you can get a lookout, sir. Uh, what is it? A four-up lookout, sir, keeping her next to next to a unit. Right. So, I mean, she's pretty vulnerable being yeah. out by her own. Maybe that's why you're not saying or magic missile or something. Exactly. For know. 90 points, it's... But I'd say Kairos is pretty broken. The other two, I, would, I wouldn't I would mind seeing across the tough, table. Tough, but... Seeing Epidemius and Kagoth would be kind of scary, though. That would be nice. That's a good combo. Some yeah. good synergies. Yeah. And once again, you're just really not relying on a lot of magic, though. You're You're not... You're you're really relying on the fact that your stuff is just hopefully not going to die. Would you feel uh, exposed if you went into a game with little or no magic? Well, that's the thing. You're dispelling it a plus a one. Yeah, plus one. You're yeah. dispelling it a plus one. I mean, basically your opponent is going to... Get some spells off. Yeah, they're going to do what they want with the magic phase. All right. And, yeah, that could really hurt. Yeah, it could. I think there's a, there, there's a definite concession there. I don't think taking those things is really going to... This is not something where you would have lost a point over at Screw City. <laughs> Definitely not. This is more of a, you know... A soft... Yeah. A soft list. Really. I mean, you're no. taking a mono-god list. You're not taking any of the corn stuff. You're not taking any of the zinch stuff. You're, you have you're, almost you're no just, magic. You're, you're betting everything on taking a massive beating. Yeah. Right, and outlasting your opponent. Right, and and basically 
getting those wounds in so that you could boost your you're basically auto wounding on fours. It's the, that's basically the whole that whole combo is to auto wound on fours. Getting that mega poison. Yeah, oh. and uh, well, your level one wizard is casting at a plus four by that point too because of the bonuses to the Nurgle true, lore. True, but you have to He's work up to that a spell. He's <laughs> level one, so yeah. You know, unless you're taking an, unless you got a, a a Nurgle another Nurgle hero, mm-hmm. and then you've got three spells. You know, eh. so <laughs> at least you can At least you're dispelling it a two. Then <laughs> that's something. So that's everything, folks. We've been on for a long time. We've taken us two days to record this because of the power outage. We we managed to get an extra interview in with Alex Gonzalez, uh, basically sort of yeah. out of the blue after the first half of the recording. So. This is going to be a nice long episode. Hope those of you who like long episodes enjoy it. Those of you who hate it, well, sorry. We do these every once in a while. Uh, and plus, we got all this energy because we split it up over two days. Oh, two days. All right. Well, hopefully the content is worthwhile and you guys enjoy it. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. I am hoping for next episode that we'll have a chance to get in the first of our um, our, our three area campaign. campaign. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that'll be the next episode. Hopefully we'll be able to do that. Also, next episode, I'm um, hoping to get in uh, Greg Dan, our mm-hmm. European correspondent, mm-hmm. is going to talk to us about uh, Games Day. Nice. Uh, he was at Games Day UK. He picked up a copy of the Horus Heresy from the Black Library, mm-hmm. which is not for sale yet. And he was so sweet. He offered if I could if I sent him the money, he'd get me one and ship it to me. But I just can't afford it right now. And he has seen in person then that um, controversial <laughs> Kadai Destroyer, huh? How many models have we looked at over the past year and a half and said, ugh, that looks so stupid? And then you see the model in person, like, oh, that's a lot better. We have. Granted, you're right. And this model is still a work in progress. Uh-huh. It's not final. Right. But the pictures that I've seen, the two or three shots, it's very I like exaggerated the, proportions. I, I liked what I saw. I don't even because those shots were not any sort of professional shots either. Somebody just got the model there. Uh, you don't know if the angle's funny. I mean, look at the what do you call them? The Mornfang. I mean, we all said how the Mornfang looks stupid. We hate them. They're right. terrible. And you only see them in person. It, oh, it, so it, it has potential. It, it, yeah. It's well sculpted, well detailed. You know, the musculature is really well done. But yeah. I don't know. The upper body to me just seems a little bit too large. Because I'll tell you what, I thought the Fireborn were the dumbest looking models. See, ever. I thought those were okay. Well, when I saw the pictures of it, I just couldn't make out. The head looked weird. All this. Yeah. I saw them at Games Day Chicago. They're awesome. They're ace. They really are. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I've got high hopes for this too. Okay. Well, we'll get it uh, firsthand from Greg Dan. Plus, I mean, everyone's using the Balrog, and as much as I like the Balrog as a destroyer, mm-hmm. this thing looks more a little more like I said the bull face, bull like, and the Balrog's the Balrog. Like I see it, sure. and I know it's a Balrog. Yeah. It's not. I mean, no one's really converting it up to make it look more like a. Bu- it's it's a Balrog. Sure. So I'm, I'm glad that it's getting its own model finally. Since everyone it wants to field the darn thing, right? It ought to have a model. Yeah, true. All right, folks. Uh, see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, oh, we got three or four new iTunes reviews. Remind me before next episode. I'm going to start. I want to name. Just I want to thank all the people who left us iTunes reviews this month. But we got four or five new ones, and I, at least I want to say you know thank them on the air, sure. acknowledge them because that's really nice and really helpful. Other than that, uh, visit the store. We're going to get the new shirts up. Bye, hoodie. Well, no, we're going to get the new shirts up with the new logo up soon, yeah. so people can start ordering that. So, folks, see you in a couple of weeks. Happy gaming. All that good stuff. Game on. Yeah.
you've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter, follow David at Garage Hammer, and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. Head spam today. Just thought you'd want to know. Lucky. Lucky. No, not lucky. I got my ass out of bed and made spam. <laughs>